I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. Barf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a person, are you? I am a person. I'm a fully formed pile of shit, not I, a melty pile of shit. I think it's been 11 days and I'm, ba- I'm back. I can do work. I can physically move my body. I just remembered something from the race that I had forgotten Holy about. Holy shit, tell me. Just say it right now. <laughs> it was when we went through, like, we were at an AA meeting, and each one of us said, <laughs> I, Hi, I'm Annie. I'm, I'm addicted. I'm addicted to adventure uh, racing. Yes. I made everyone go through why and, like, what got them hooked. Wow, I forgot about all the weird me things too. that we did to keep ourselves awake. I forgot about that until you said it's been 11 days. Cause... Oh, yeah, it's been, like, for Amanda, it was, like, it's been, like, 22 days since my last expedition. <laughs> and I was, like, yeah, we talked about, like, uh, gateway drugs yeah. and ultra marathoning. Yeah, and... and why we keep doing it and what we like. Yeah. yeah. That, oh, that's funny. Wow, good for you for remembering that. Weird. And I then, think little blurps like that are going to be coming back to me for like the next eight months. Oh, well, unfortunately, because of the manner in which my brain works, I'll never remember that I was even there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. Eh, it's fine. My brother has it, too. He told me. He says he forgets most of his life, too. It's a craft thing. Hmm. It's because we're all living on what Ted's calling planet dad. <laughs> uh, we're just living on our own Separate planets. I wonder what that means. We'll talk about oh, that Oh, it's probably more later. narcissism. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, several people have talked to me in the last week to mention that they felt tension on our last podcast. <laughs> and I think I'd like to illuminate what's actually happening, which is that. Also, to quote Lauren Craft, an audience loves tension. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. No news is bad news. Uh, give me your dirty laundry. But. Uh, in the 11 days that Annie and I hung out, we butted heads for about six minutes of that and otherwise had the race of our lives, mm-hmm. had a great time before and after in spite of everything yeah, and managed to even have some like pretty solid downtime after oh. and like just got snuggly. For sure. Yeah. So I think it's, it's good perspective to be like this uh leading up to the race the race and after the race i think would maybe end other friendships yeah no and we shit. were just like mm-hmm. huh oh mm-hmm. okay i'm fine mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah totally so i just wanted to level set there but go ahead and um kick us off with our news yeah Music news yeah so thanks to our key sponsors for expedition ozarks and if you are interested in uh sponsoring us for our next event or for the second half of this race season please reach out to us at birthbarf at gmail.com or through our uh, link tree. Um, But our key sponsors for Expedition Ozarks were uh, the retreat at Willow Creek in Athens, Ohio. If you're looking for a space uh, just for a personal getaway or if you want to host a retreat of pretty much any kind, Mm. the retreat at Willow Creek is a place for you. It's a beautiful place of solace in the deep woods and it is damn gorgeous there yep and the airbnb booking link is in the link in our bio on instagram or you can look through any of our past posts on facebook and find that as well um we're also sponsored by bella's beans uh sign up for the coffee subscription service at bella's beans and use code birthbarf and we'll get a little kickback to help us keep doing engaging in our shenanigans 
And last but not least, we are also sponsored by Tenor Race Series, uh, who is constantly hosting some brutal-ass races here on Ohio. Including Pike Lake coming up in October. Oh, my God. Just an obscene amount of vertical gain, and I hope you love off-cambers. We sure do. Because, uh, you know, if you're looking for a seven-and-a-half-mile loop with about 59% of it as an off-camber, get your ankles ready for Pike Lake. <laughs> <laughs> also, a lot of vert as well as a shit ton of prize money. Oh, my God. Even more this year than the past year. Equal um, equal payout for men and women. Um, incredible prizes. And also just great swag if you just come run it. Uh, we highly encourage you to try out these races and test your metal. I know that there are already a lot of folks who have been training and um, practicing on the alley marathon course regularly. Um, and that's pretty much all because Samuel Hartman was like, hey, check out this brutal loop. And now people are totally hooked on it. So big, Sweet. big ups. Yeah. Uh, just to give a flavor of where we're at, besides not being melty pile of shits, uh, we have the perfect number of beverages, which is three. Lauren's down one, but she has like maybe a small vegan ranch cup, which could count, which could <laughs> That's count a as beverage. a third That's beverage. That's a beverage. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Water. Water for hydrating. Uh, coffee for caffeinating. Oh, I have, a, I have a coffee too. And And our favorite caramel turtle whiskey. For drunking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Oh, it's, it's, it's also minorly sponsored by Lauren. Glad we're on the same page. Oh, we're on the same page. Thanks, Lauren. I hope you listen to our podcast, and it's also okay if you don't. Yeah, so uh, we're on part two of Expedition Ozarks. Like I said last time, we'll see how far we get. Last time, when you last left us, we had just gotten through uh, staying at a TA because of a bad weather mm-hmm. hold. Mm-hmm. And had gone through the debate of if we were going to stay or go. We biked through a thunder and lightning storm. Uh, some of the other teams saw some crazy shit. And most importantly, Lauren liked her shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did I already tell that story? You did. Okay, excellent. You did. I think it's worth retouching on, though, if you oh, feel... No, it's okay. I mean, right. it just it's the essence of I like my shirt is... I found my people and I'm, I'm doing the hard thing that I yeah. never thought I could do. Yeah, the woman in the arena. Yeah. It's a poem by a poet. Okay, it got it. It's about like cool. Check the bibliography. <laughs> <laughs> it's about like not uh, ridiculing the person in the arena doing the thing. Like you're the person in the arena. Uh, like yes. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um. So we were rolling out of uh birds. Um. Which is this fantastic cozy little spot that a lot of people posted up at for a while at TA. It was the best TA of four. the whole race. It was. I mean, let it was me think the about only that. good one. Really. Is that true? Yes, it was the only... Well, there was hot food after the night paddle. Yeah. Um, It was just hard. That tea was just hard because it was so cold. Those were pretty equal in jazz and goodies, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, I'd like to say that I pulled a full-blown chip dot at this one because we got totally ready, packed all our shit, we're on the road, ready to make our first turn, and I said, I'm sorry, wait, I need to be wearing different shorts. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And I sped back to my gearbox... And put on my giant chamois, which was the move. It was the move. It was a long bike ride. Yeah, it was like over 50 miles. We're actually not sure because it was a brand new part of the course that we weren't typically supposed to have. We ended up um, cutting out... Uh, the leg six paddle, which was supposed to be eight miles on the Buffalo. Which, I know you, I know. you lament this strongly. I do not, I did not need any more rapids in my life. It wasn't rapids. It was because a, a friend had said, when I was talking about this race, he said the most beautiful river in that area is the Buffalo. And it's rapids. And uh, 
Yes, I know. I lament it kind of, but not really. And then we skipped leg, leg seven trek, and then we matched together leg eight bike with leg five bike. So we ended up doing a bigger, beefier ride. Yeah. In the end, when we left at three in the morning, it was over 75 degrees with like 90% humidity. We were all sweating our titties off. The air was just It was chewable pea soup. Um, And so we did a lot of gravel climbing. Everyone was in a super mood. Yeah. Uh, We were in a good mood. We're all eating and drinking. We're still very hot. I think we're, I'm pretty sure we're only wearing pennies, Mm -hmm. most of us, Um, which ended up being like an okay piece of gear to touch my body. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I thought I was going to hate that thing. I I did not. It just kind of felt like a whoopee. I mean, between the night trek and this hot part of this bike... I spent a good deal of time with nothing on at all under my penny. Yeah. I couldn't. My sports oh, bra right. was sawing my boobs off. Yeah. So I ended up just uh, like a high school basketball player that's not a girl. <laughs> I just had a jersey on. Yeah. And it was the best. Tits. It was the tits. <laughs> but also, with a pa- with a weighted pack on like that, I think it really like. It holds them in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. Gear wise, I do love my Gossamer hiking pack, sixty liter. <laughs> For sure. So, so just like I'm gonna do like a like a beginner new doesn't know what we're talking about like caveat here. So the sixty liters is the capacity of a pack. So I think my the pack that I used was like I had the even smaller. Yeah, one. I think had... I had a twenty liter. Yeah. So Lauren's pack was. <laughs> Three times as big as uh-huh. mine, yeah. two times as big as mine, yeah. and almost everyone in the race had like uh, a 35 on. Yeah, so you Lauren... could fit a whole standing third grader in the back <laughs> of my pack. It was comfy and it was right for all the shit I needed to carry, but when I see pictures of it now, I'm yeah. like, that's comically yeah. huge. So before the race, Lauren got a fortune cookie that said, You are the most of every situation, and her pack was no exception. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that wasn't so on point. Um, it was very comfy, though, and it never hurt me. Yeah, so who which cares? Which is dope because. I mean, I remember doing nationals several times with my out there pack, which is a sweet ass pack. It's heavy as fuck. It's heavy as fuck naturally, like by itself mm-hmm. with nothing in it. Um, and I just remember it like really hurting my shoulders. My pack never hurt my shoulders and I wore it for five days without ceasing. Yeah. Who cares? Who, Who cares, cares if it's the biggest pack? It was awesome. Yeah. Um, you do have a lot of jingle jangles on there. There's a lot of there's a lot of straps on there that just kind of make like make it look like you're wearing like a tasseled macrame shirt. <laughs> Which is actually even more you. Yes, it's the most me item ever. I can't wait to get to your silly outfits. <laughs> Cannot oh, oh, got wait it, got to it. get to your silly outfits. Also, I think it's important to note that Lauren's pack was not white. It is undyed. <laughs> Why am I so different? I I'm a different I mean, kind like, of lady. I feel like there were so many uh, like re- repetitive <laughs> things that we said and did throughout this yes, race. Like, undyed any, is one of like them. Like anything that felt good mm-hmm. to say, we just each said it a bunch. So you saying oh, your yeah. pack was undyed. I I told everyone about our shitty, bad, terrible, no good day when it came oh, yeah. to check-in. Yeah. I think I told 18 different people about the van's transmission blowing up and our shit getting stolen because I was like, feels good to say it. I'm just going to keep on saying and it. And um, Amanda stuck with Knuckle Bump Farms discussion of an overly <laughs> Pregnant donkey. June, June, June. You make my heart go boom, boom. My super pregnant girl. 
Please look up Knuckle Bump Farm so that will make no sense. Or it will. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe you just know us well enough to know why a super pregnant donkey is funny to us for six whole days. Uh, I, I cannot even count the number of times we sang that song. And it's still funny to me. It's still, I'm not tired of June, June, June. It's occupying a very particular part of my brain. Yeah, it's like, thank you. I would say thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what Laura's were. Mostly just laughing at her own farts. Uh... No, Laura definitely had... Oh, Laura... <laughs> what was Laura's? Laura and I had a couple from our super cold paddle. Oh, which well, was, yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll get there. Okay. okay. So um, so we had been held, as you know, until 3 a.m. for weather. Well, it didn't really rain other than sprinkle while we were sleeping at Birds. And, of course, um, a few hours into our uphill gravel grinder... Kaboom! Yeah. Here comes the weather, and the wind is blowing, and there's lightning, and we're seeing other teams hunker down in ditches and boffy bags. We there were two different routes that you could have taken: a higher route and a lower route. And uh, I think we took the one that was a little bit safer. Yeah, it was. To be fair, though, it was not because it was safer. We took it because there was less climbing, so it was a mm. little bit longer. But Laura and I talked about it, and like. You know, one of the beautiful things about orienteering and navigating is, like, you get to choose a route based on your team's strength. And so we were like, it seems like the slightly additional distance is worth it to not climb because climbing just beats beats me up, like, anyway. So. But in the end, it saved us from a lot of exposure. Yes, because for some, sure. Because someone did get eyes on the tornado yeah. up high. And there was a team that had lightning strike a tree that was, like, across the length feet. of a room. Yeah. 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 So... In the end, what we really wanted was respite from the heat, and that's what we got, and it did not bother us at all. We got absolutely soaked. We got a couple CPs on the way. Um, The sun came up, and we were... Yeah, you the, liked your shirt. We had a dog run with us. Oh yeah, so I haven't oh. told the like your shirt story. Yes, you did. Okay, buddy. Cool. yeah, it's okay. I really think mm-hmm. you should again though, because I think it didn't get the full service that it did last time. Huh? But yeah, I'm not gonna repeat the story. Am okay. I? No. I mean, really, it, it's. I'm trying to think of other times in my life that this has happened. I think probably when I finished like my first hundred, when I finished my first nat- nationals, just the feeling of like, I mean, for me, I'm very lucky that I've been in sport long enough that imposter syndrome is not a thing for me. I don't feel like, and do you feel like I do? Maybe. I don't feel like it's imposter syndrome. I just, I, f- I think that's different than the tag along athlete because mm. i certainly do in this race oh yeah i don't consider the tag along thing being the same as imposter syndrome i guess i just think about you being at the wilder writing retreat and feeling connection with some of the other athletes there that were talking about having imposter syndrome that was seven years ago i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't that's not been a thing for me for a pretty long time yeah um but yeah, I mean, I certainly feel like a tag-along athlete. I'm just like, yeah, sure, I'll go do whatever you guys are doing. And I still make it work, and I train hard. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I just felt like a part of the mm, juiciness of the moment, and I just felt like I really was enjoying the race at this moment. I think everybody was. Mm-hmm. We had some cool sort of trail magic. We had this dog, Lucy, follow us for many miles, uh, like a bloodhound beagle mix yeah you'll get to i think if you look up team disabilities youtube video of this day you'll get to see lucy which is amazing to me because i think she was with us for like four miles oh oh, yeah she did that at least twice yeah if 
not I'm sure she did it with every team that she could, and that dog was not phased at all. No. Also, that's the happiest you've ever seen Amanda Bullseye Bullseye. Oh my god. It doesn't matter that she's one C to C and got second at nationals. Nope. Neither one of those things nope. even compares no, to dogs. To Amanda riding in an expedition race next to a dog. And it may sound like I'm being hyper uh hyperbolic. hyperbolic. No. No. She was like exploding with joy yeah and then we worried about lucy because she tried to follow us across a big highway crossing yeah yeah but uh that that bike section was great and it's kind of it's kind of surprising and it's refreshing to look back on because we were so torn about how about staying at the ta because of whether or not and we could have spent that bike leg kind of just being like grumpy or sad about what had happened which was that there was no bad weather and it only felt good no one was upset that no one was was so nice yeah no one was upset about the time we missed no one was uh like annoyed by the things that we were missing i mean like we can look back and be sad that we missed some of these legs but no one was like stuck on that, yeah. and no one was upset about the weather. Really, like this was the strongest vibing I think we did. Some of the strongest yeah. vibing. We also had like a lot of fun, silly times. Yeah. But I think this was like the the whole team was clearly having a good time. Also, that was after us all, for the most part, getting the most sleep we ended up having. Except for Amanda didn't sleep. I, I didn't. When sleep. did you have the most sleep? I slept the most probably. In the mag- in the magic bus, which we'll get to. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted to go back to the tag along athlete feeling because there's something about this race, and it might be worth like you examining more or us talking about it more. I feel like you have more of an onus about your participation and performance in this race than you have the last couple of things. Like usually, the last couple of races, you kind of had like a. You guys made me do it, and then yeah. I, when I get done, you're like, it was good, but it was also terrible and hard, and I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And there's something about this event that has tapped into you that is, like, uh, that it's very evident that it was, like, of your own volition, and that there mm-hmm. was, there's, like, a sense of onus about your participation. I don't feel like this is a thing that I dragged you to and Mm-mm. through. No. Like, yeah, this this race was, I mean, like... When you guys originally said five days, I said, fuck you to everyone. Yeah. And even before five days, you had said, I will never race that long. <laughs> I'll never race over 31 hours. Mm-hmm. And then we did 36. And I said, never mm-hmm. more than that. I said, no way more than three. No way five. And I mean, I got over that. Pr- I mean, I, I do feel like I was super invested in the preparation. Oh, yeah. And the training. And I did fully expect to finish and think, fuck you guys. I never want to do this again. Yeah. I didn't feel that way. Do you think it's the I like my shirt moment? Or what? Mm. what is it? I think it's the low intensity over a long period of time. I think it's that I've had this deep hankering to hike the Appalachian Trail for the mm. last 20 years. And this feels like that. Mm. Expedition racing feels like through hiking to me. Yeah. You're a member of, the, of nature. Yeah. You don't see mirrors. You don't brush your teeth. You don't sleep in a bed. You don't even sleep on a sleeping mat unless you're cool and you carry one. Um, but, like, that's the most integrated with nature I think I've ever been in my entire life. And that's such a gift to me. Mm. I, I don't cool. regret it at all. Yeah. Awesome. I really love it. It makes me want to go back. And usually after like a hundred mile race, I want to put up my feet, eat a pizza and watch trash television and be in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. Just days after this race, all I wanted to do was get back to the woods. And I've been in the woods every day since I got home. Yeah. 
I, I cool. really just feel an immense drive to be like near birdsong and water and trees, and I just can't get enough of it. Cool. Yeah, really cool. Hmm. Delicious. Glad we circled back on that. Yeah. Um. So. So we finish our bike, and it's funny. So we, we don't finish it quite yet, because first we get to fried food heaven. Yeah, so we crest this hill, <laughs> and we see this little fork in the road, and then we see the top of this little red barn, which is, oh, oh my God. A gas station in Marble, Arkansas. It's a general store, and also uh, famously, like, cat catfish and ch- fried chicken meals with, like, 16 to 17 different sides available to you. Yeah, so imagine a giant deli case, and then imagine two of them, and they're both these deli cases are just full of different fried foods. A- anything you can drink, like fried green beans, fried okra, um, potato, like double baked potatoes. Also, we had talked about, so I think oftentimes, this is just my impression, and <laughs> oftentimes uh, we're just uh, making eyes at each other, which signals we're going to pause this recording at some point to, to drink get more whiskey. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so often in an expedition race there is either like a ta that is like a restaurant or something or you pass a couple convenience stores this was the first place we passed where you could buy food or drink and and only to the entire race and i was expecting a lot more yes and we it was perfect timing because we were wet yeah we We were were cold it was starting it was very windy a little bit you know what's funny though? It's funny to think about being at this gas station and being and cold and wet. And then when we got to the, the TA, TA, it was so hot. It was like sunny and maybe fifty-five. It's so weird because, like, in my head, some of these things are incongruent because my brain's all scrambled. No, but then the it's the weather like, in the Ozarks. It was is bonkers, fucking insane. It was and bonkers. It, yeah. So we got there. Team Disability was there, which rules because we have grown to be like literally obsessed with them yeah like i feel like i've talked about sorry their team. For the, sorry for that news chip and andrea we're coming we're <laughs> <laughs> <More> scary <laughs> yeah i mean like i just cannot freaking get enough of those people so she interviewed us which you can see in some of their videos at this fried food station we um, were so happy we were like our eyes were rolling back in our heads amanda got a tall boy which is all she wanted the entire race was beer mm-hmm. and this is the only time she got it oh, so good she got Chocolate milk, beer, two cheeseburgers, French fries, and some other deep fried shit. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm like 95 percent vegetarian. I got a barbecue pulled pork sandwich. Oh, I totally oh, broke. God. I totally broke edge for the oh, sake of this. I yeah. didn't think you were gonna come up to that. Oh yeah, I'll cop to yeah. it. When you're freezing, starving, and three days into a race, yeah, mm, I really and I hadn't broken edge at all. Yeah, since the beginning of veganism for you me. Bite. Beans. You will buy beans, only beans. Beans and rice. <laughs> um, yeah, I broke. I broke and had an egg roll. Yeah, I it was, think I had at least 2,000 calories of, of fried foods. It easily. was so good. I had a Gosh, whole twice. Oh, I put I put the rest of a twice baked potato in a Ziploc bag and I squeezed it into my mouth later on oh, the paddle. And it was like. That sounds so good. Jesus's tears. Yeah. It was the most delicious I'm sorry. Manna of the gods. <laughs> From heaven. It was, oh, that gas I station. I so hard there. I bought a pair of leather gloves. Not leather. They were working gloves. Yeah. I bought a pair of working gloves to go on the outside of my paddle gloves. Yeah. Did I had, you end up using them? I used them constantly. Oh, I used yeah. them to put my bike together. I used them when I was freezing at cool. night. 
Didn't you also get like a balaclava or a scarf? No, or... I wanted to get these crazy hillbilly like like uh, Harley Davidson skeleton balaclavas. <laughs> and I was like, I can't stand by this. I can't. I was losing my mind. Yeah. Oh, man. We were in that gas station for two hours. I slept in a booth while they mapped the next legs. Uh-huh. I also had to take a sleep break. Actually, before we mapped, I took a sleep break because I was like, I'm not. I'm just going to stare at the map for 30 minutes and nothing's mm-hmm. going to make sense. It was really funny. Our dear Adrian Crane, our ARWS oh, yeah. uh, official ref came, came and checked on us. Or not checked on us. He just came like, to visit. You guys have like, been here a long time. <laughs> he said, we saw on the tracker that you've been here a long time. You, We're like, are you yes. making sure you're all right? And I think there are several spots in this race where my brother, who is now an adventure race enthusiast, thought, are they dead? And then he like would drop a a pin and like look at the Google Maps and be like, they're at a gas station. <laughs> yeah, that gas station stop was juicy. Dope. I was really ready to leave and I knew people were ready to kill me for being ready to leave, so I just went back to sleep. Oh, good. Uh so then we went to the next TA, which is where we had to put together bikes, uh blow up pack rafts, and we discovered that a flaw in the course system, because of the short course, so because we got short course from TA4 to TA8, mm-hmm. they did not have paddle bag two there, or paddle bag two. So each team had to have four total paddle bags, which was unusual. And uh, I talked to the RD later, and he said the intent was to keep all of your paddle gear stuff together, but we ended up kind of leveraging our paddle bags as, like, pa- our paddle bag one as a set of bags, yeah. and our paddle bag two as a different set of bags, yeah. and we had, which I still don't know how you guys all ended up with your paddle shoes in your either, bike honey. boxes, and mine was in paddle bag two. I just missed the memo somewhere, but what happened uh, is that the paddle bag two was not at TA eight before beginning this paddle, but this paddle section. And I was g- going bonkers, like looking through all this stuff because mm-hmm. we literally spent as a team probably about an hour and a half to two hours talking about what yeah. shoes needed to Easily. go where. Very carefully strategizing yes. where all of our gear goes. And we spent, we, I mean, we've got uh, five different spreadsheets. Yep. And I even talked about. What a chump move it was to end up, like, being on foot and only having your bike shoes to wear or yeah. not having the right shoes to wear. We talked about this so fucking much. We did. And so I was just, like, I was really having a hard time because I was like, this makes me feel like I don't know. I'm not being, like, a careful adventure racer. And, like, no. also at this point with the RD, like... I think at one point before the race, he said something about, all right, guys, no more excuses. Do you remember? Like, Yeah, he did. Yeah. And it's like, well, to be fair, our van transmission blew up and then our U-Haul got broken into. And now I don't have my shoes because the bags that I expected are not here. But it, I, I understand why oh, it felt yeah. like we just And you gave him the to... business just a teeny bit <laughs> and that's okay. Yep. So, Seems fair. So, so at first, we put on our dry suits, and I was just kind of resigned to just not wearing any shoes. And then we remembered that there was uh, there was required portages on this leg. Right, and, and you're not supposed to walk on the dry suit. Because yes. it's, it's basically just footy pajamas. Yeah, and also, like, dry suits are like Ziploc bags. So if you try walking in them, you're going to put a hole in your Ziploc bag. And you would really fuck up your life, yeah. which so will... So Laura... Spoiler alert. Laura pulled a little bit of a... I'm going to say like a mom card and was like, did you really? She was like, did you really try and get some shoes from somebody? She said, should you maybe 
really go ask the volunteers to try and get shoes. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so we're loading up. Amanda's down on the shore. And Annie and Amanda had been inflating. And so me, Laura, and Amanda were finishing up our... Quick side note. We were so slow in TAs. So but slow. we were remarking about how we were only in this TA for 46 minutes. It's possible that we were only in this TA for 46 minutes because we were at the gas station so long. Oh, maybe so. Okay. So... We're all getting zinked up because it's full sun. And, and we had already sunburned ourselves earlier in the race. So early. Also, Mark Latanzi, Jesse Spangler, and their team had come in, and you guys were having serious race conversation about, like, Amanda was asking how things were going uh-huh. and what their strategy was and all that kind of right. stuff. Serious time. So we're, on the sh- we're <laughs> near the shore with serious elite racers. Here comes Annie in a fully red uh, large jumpsuit. With a red PFD on, a helmet with a light on it, covered in zinc in her whole Barney rubble area, which means she has white, like a white clown face, and she is wearing a volunteer's miniature-sized red Crocs. And I laughed so hard I had to take off my dry suit so I could pee in the grass. I couldn't... We were Help. all rolling and we g- couldn't breathe. We couldn't breathe. Annie was fully coming at us dressed as Bozo the Clown <laughs> with a huge fucking shit eating grin in her face. I was doing a little dance. And and Mark just like held on to whatever he was like and looked at you like, what is what's that? I don't even what's remember going? Mark and Jesse's reaction because we were all just dying laughing. We could barely open our eyes. So you were like, we need to f- find a way to get these affixed to my feet so they don't fall off during the portages. Because these these Crocs were about half the size they of were my like actual They were like a size foot. six and a half women's and anywhere is a 12 men's. Yes, when I was asking volunteers and all the race people, like if they had some shoes, this woman, this woman said, I think I have some shoes for you. She said, what size do you wear? And I was like, <laughs> 11 and a half <laughs> <laughs> she was like well they're not that big and i was like well i'll give it a try i should also give mark with adventure uh adventure enablers credit because he offered me as flip-flops as well but like like they were that thong sandals work. they wouldn't have yeah worked, you but... would you didn't have ninja feet in your dry yeah. suit yeah so we <laughs> get <laughs> i ate it <laughs> Okay. So we uh, embarked on what was previously known as 9A of the paddle because there were nine, the paddle is split up by a pro points trek section that we uh, abstained from. Yeah, because um, we had gotten some advice from race staff about how if we were going to add pro points, 9B was not going to be the pro points to add. It would be worth it to add pro points later in the race. And because the 9B pro points were gnarly. I looked at them on the elevation map and on the topo and was like, mother of God. And this ability destroyed the section. Amazing. When I see their dot move through the section, I'm like, they, they just like headed for it, hit it. Headed for it, hit it. Just amazing. So awesome. cool. And so- we had, we had really wanted to do some at least some of the 9B trekking points to give ourselves a break from the boat. That was the initial thought. Mm-hmm. My hesitation was that it just takes us so fucking long to transition to being on foot from the paddle. Also, and it would have in. been horrible to get completely out of these dry suits. Yeah. And we would have exploded into the sun if we hadn't taken yeah. them off. However, I really 
really wanted to say that I had gotten a pro point on foot in my my half size red Crocs yeah. because that would have been just it just would have made me feel like I had a I was going to say big balls, and then I thought about having a big pussy, and I'm going to go back to having big balls. It would make me feel like I had big balls to get a pro point on a nasty climb. In- Call us if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> balls or pussy? Balls or pussy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you a gynecologist? <laughs> Call now to sponsor Booth Bob Racing. <laughs> we love big pussies. So we ended up staying in the boat for the full... Uh, uninterrupted 9A, 9C paddle section, and there's so much to talk about. Oh my god, so we st- we en- engaged in this paddle at about 4pm. And, and the- it was, the sun was blazing. It was pleasant. We did have the dry suits on. It was just crisp enough outside, even in sunlight, for the dry suits to not be too much. I do believe I was wearing every layer I own. Yeah. I don't know when I put on my puffy in addition but eventually on this paddle i was wearing everything in my pack yeah i think it's worth noting that dry suits don't change your temperature at all they just keep you dry like right and so I like had, i think i had thought that dry suits themselves kept you particularly warm yeah they're not neoprene yeah so they're just like a trash bag like a really strong trash bag. Mm-hmm. So if water is touching your feet and legs through the trash bag, you feel the temperature of the water. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I also feel like my experience of a dry suit is skewed. Why? Why? You ask? Why, Annie? Why would you say that you didn't experience the dry suit like the rest <clears throat> of us? So as night began to fall, I mean, it wasn't even when night fell. It was like as soon as we, there were spots of shade and the sun was starting to go behind the horizon... It, it the temperature dropped quite a bit. It did. And I was like, I remember remarking like, guys, it's so weird. Like, it really feels like the, the water, water is in the suit. the suit. Like, I don't understand how this is even that helpful. Like, it's so weird. I feel like the water touching the outside of my suit is on the inside of oh, my suit. Oh, poor baby. The water was on the inside of my suit. That sucks so badly. So... I must have had a leak somewhere in my feet. I'd still like to think that it was like a zipper that wasn't closed all the way or something. Um, But I had pools of water in my feet that like often as we were all kind of shifting around and shifting positions, like I was enjoying putting my feet up on the side of the boat. And then then water would go into my butt and then I would be sitting in a pool of cold water. So that became less an option. I, in the same way that it's best that Lauren is the one who needed to change her bike shorts last minute, and it's good that Lauren is the one that has sleepy diarrhea because she's the fastest at managing these things. Like, if there's anybody you want to have to change their clothes last minute, it's Lauren. If you want someone to take the least amount of time going to the bathroom, it's Lauren. Or shower. If or yes. blow dry my hair. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to have the person who is most able to deal with being colder than the it's rest you. of the team, it's you. It's me. Thank God. S- because I can't. Um, uh, you and Laura are cold babies. We we freak out over cold. I mean, both of us are scared of cold. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't know that Laura is afraid of cold, but we, when we get cold, it like puts doom in us. Yeah. So. Yeah, we were headed into what I worried was going to be a bad time. It was a weird time, to be sure. It was very cold. We were all, like, 
kind of nervous about it being a night paddle. For me, I tend my sleepiest time is in while paddling. Like I just fall asleep while oh, paddling. Oh yeah, because you're really not exerting yourself enough to be like awake. Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the things that was encouraging to me is Laura talking about doing a night paddle before and it kind of being like one of the most magical times for our race for her is paddling oh. in the dark. And we had, this was the night that was a full moon or just outside of a full yeah. moon, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And we saw otters playing in the water, which mm-hmm. was yeah, it was kind cool. of mystical. Like it was pretty yeah, wild. It was. But we were all, we were all starting to get. We were just we were starting to get back into sleepy crazy town at this yeah. point. We yeah. had had our good or or at least our time of rest at birds and then our big bike ride and kind of the adrenaline of doing our big bike ride uh was wearing off and we were all starting to fade a little bit. Also, it's funny to me to be in two tandem pack rafts mm-hmm. because I was paired up with Laura the whole race and you mm-hmm. were paired up with Amanda for the whole race. And it becomes like we're in these separate oh, yeah. worlds. It's like if you're at a party where everyone's doing drugs and in one room they're doing ecstasy and the other they're doing opium. <laughs> <laughs> Laura and I were doing ecstasy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like smoking weed. And yeah. And like yeah. drinking Bud Light. Yeah essentially yeah what's the thinker's drug that's whatever you guys were doing dmt okay (laughs) so so at one point like periodically we would reconverge to just kind of be like what you guys up to (laughs) yeah and be like uh we're screaming the abcs what are you doing we're like we're talking about what we thought we would be when we grew up and we're answering in a format similar to the moth (laughs) oh yeah we did we did moth podcast story hour we did in my boat we did karaoke um, we sang Sufjan Stevens' Chicago for probably two hours oh, yeah. and 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. You paddled my boat, all things go, all, all things, things go. go. It's really cold out, all things go, all things go. <laughs> yeah, forever. So Laura and I, at the same time, are just screaming because I, I at one point was like, I'm so tired and I'm so cold. I need to let everything that's in my brain just dump out without a filter. And that's mostly just screaming and screaming expletive, Uh screaming the ABCs. Like, just like I would just randomly scream shit as loud as I could. Shit! (laughs) Shit! Also, just screaming, paddle, paddle, paddle. Oh, also, before the sunset, uh, during one of the dam portages, Laura and I, Laura and Annie were trying to determine whether they were, they were coming up on a cement dam or not. And definitely. That was in the dark. No, the, both of the portages were in the light. No? I don't remember. Okay, well, the portage that was in the light, that maybe you didn't boop, you guys got out. We got out and we're waiting in this eddy. And Amanda's throwing bread at me like I'm a duck. <laughs> and I'm eating ketchup oh, bread. Oh, the ketchup bread. Ketchup from... bread. Oh, so good. Ketchup bread. I ate it. <laughs> Annie takes out her V2P adapter Fuck in her yeah. dry suit, unzips the crotch, and pees off of the dam. And we were marveling. I highly recommend. It's called the pee style. And it's just like a plastic like funnel thing. It's not even as complicated as a shiwi. And it was... It made me feel like the most powerful woman on earth. It was so, we were in tears laughing. Also, it was so fucking efficient. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're the only one, I think, who had the crotch zip. Yeah. Side note, dry suit manufacturers, if you don't have a zipper in the crotch area of some kind, what are you even fucking doing? We're furious. Taking, 
The panic that Amanda had on the morning of the last day, trying to get out of her dry suit, thinking she was going to pee it. I was like, oh, how can I? I don't know what to do. I can't get out of the pool. I don't want to. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I mean, also, I am claustrophobic, and this is a claustrophobic thing. It is a rubber choking neck, and it's rubber around your wrist so tight that it was making Amanda's hand swell up. Amanda's dry suit wrist was crazy. It was bad. Yeah. And then the rest of it, you actually have to boop it over your head and then zip it around your back and shoulders. It is not an intuitive It's article like you're going to space. It is very much like a full-blown yeah. space suit. We rented our dry suits from uh, Backcountry Raft Rental. I cannot recommend their rental services enough. Matt is the most customer service oriented person ever. And I will say, like, after this race, I completely understand why dry suits are fo- so fucking expensive oh, and why yes. dry suit rental is so expensive because... It's a high-tech fucking piece of gear. It's bonkers. It, I mean, I felt like a professional motocross racer or maybe like someone who gets shot out of a cannon and yeah. doesn't want to catch fire. <laughs> like, that's it's, how technical this gear it's is. Weird. It's very weird. It's a weird piece of gear. So at some point when it was fully dark, the fog set in. And the problem mm-hmm. with the fog is that if you have your headlamp on in the fog, also note that the stern person, not the bow, the bow. Which one's the bow and which one's the third and which one's the front? And the the bow is the f- front. <laughs> We're expert paddlers. The person on the front of the boat has to have the headlamp on and the person in the back cannot because it casts weird shadows. And Even in normal conditions. Yeah, you can't read the water. So when we hit the fog, Amanda... And Laura determined that it was easier to read the water if they had turned the lights off and we were just looking by the moonlight. However, I am night blind. I am afraid of paddling. I was, I had to face every fear I've ever had mm-hmm. in this race. I feel like I did a good job being cool. Amanda frames it in a way that, like I was a little more tweaked than I thought I was. I wonder if you did reverse garbage, a reverse trash bag crying where you felt. I felt felt calmer on the inside than you were showing externally. I think maybe that. I panicked a little bit after I caught a tree to the eye and it sliced my eyelid open and it also punctured the top of my nose. Yeah. And I was bleeding. Did that happen during the night? Yeah. Mm. And I like touched it and I was like, oh. And then I felt like, I don't want to be bleeding and cold and wet and tired. It was just like one bridge too far. Sure. Um, But yeah, eventually, did we already talk about the the tag under the bridge, the graffiti. I don't think so. If we didn't talk about so. it, there was some graffiti under the portage bridge that just said in like a 10-year-old's handwriting, penis vagina cool. <laughs> Laura read that out loud when we went through there, and I thought she was just <laughs> saying that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Hug- girl. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get pen- it. Penis plus vagina is, is cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. That's that's some high level shit. I think a good that's a good segue into again part of like our coping mechanism for getting the night in in our boat was just being the weirdest. And so at one point, Laura just says the thing that is the most I can't un- with like- this. I can't with this. Laura says the thing that is the most improbable and to to be clear, absolutely not true. She just turns her head to the side and she goes, "I'm so horny." <laughs> And I said, me too. I'm also so 
Just in a trash bag filled with water under 30 Freezing, degrees. Like the grass is frozen. The grass on either is river frozen. Bank. Like the moon is out. We can't have our headlamps on because we can't see. We're we so cold and we're day. so tired. We smell like wet garbage. Oh, like we so smell just, like, do- like dogs that died in a dumpster. Just the idea of being horny in that moment. <laughs> just. Just took me over the edge because it was just the most absurd thing that anyone could say. I wish you guys would have say. told me that then because I was in the... I'm so horny. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous That's and I love it. That's why I do expedition races because they make me Clearly. Horny. Yes, Clearly. same. Clearly the horniest. Uh, meanwhile, I'm having like an existential crisis. I know. And it was I. it was wild to reconcile our experiences later where Laura and I are just coming up with uh, words that have to do with butts or poop for every the letter, letter of the alphabet. alphabet. Yeah. And you and Amanda are like staring into the When I told you the, the K void. was for Krispy Kremes and I meant that it was in your poop is smooth but it has quinoa on it. I know you did say that as a matter of fact you were like k is for crispy cream and i was like how is that really because <laughs> it's cream filled it made so much sense to me at the time it was like clearly like that was like guys how did you not think of it it is weird to like go back through and think about like what sticks out as my memories of this race like we saw so much wildlife on this stretch of the paddle and beautiful rock bluffs you know what stands out to me i'm so horny and crispy cream <laughs> so yeah, when I ask Laura way after this race, like, what are you thinking about in, like, the dark times? And she's just like, nothing. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, and that is, like, evident in her whole being. Yes. Here, my brain. What did Amanda say she was thinking about? Oh, probably, like, the logistics of the race yeah. or something to that effect. And I am thinking about in the boat at the, like, the grittiest like we have two and a half more hours of paddling and i think suffering is like a chinese finger trap if you try to pull away from it you will receive more suffering and more tension but if you lean into it you can free yourself from it so i was like thinking lean into the depths of this suffering and that's my meditation for this paddle while you guys were like but oh shit um for context this paddle took us like 10 and a half hours. So it, it was like, horrible. It's so we started around 4 p.m. on oh. Thursday. I oh. just think it's important to give that context because, like, for other races, you're obviously not paddling that long. It, it's also wild to think about, like, Amanda talking about her paddle section at Endless Mountains 36 hours long. I would actually kill myself. I would just go in, I'd drown myself. This is also the leg. Where we got out once because we were so cold and hungry that we made oatmeals. Yes. I lost my knife. Thankfully, Amanda had a backup for mandatory gear. Thank Christ, because it's the next thing they checked. And then I was trying to stay partially in my dry suit and poop. <laughs> I love that you're always like, I hate that there's so much in this I podcast have to. episode. I have to tell you, because it's such a critical part of the race. that I was <laughs> such so... a critical part of the race. This poop. is where champions are made or broken. I mean... <laughs> I and so I'm like I'm cr- backwards crab walking because if I there's nothing to hold on to. Yeah, we're just on a gravel bar and everyone's like, "Do you need help? Do you need help?" And I was like, "No, I'm just going to sit in it." And I did not. Luckily, I sat down in a pile of very smooth rocks next to my own poop. Was it smooth rocks? I remember all of those rocks being very sharp. I sat in a pile of them. 
And I was fine. You have a very tough ass. Thank you. <laughs> Sing, I would say thank you. Right. I can't remember when you almost sat in your poop but didn't. Were you laughing or somber? Uh, I feel like we were maybe laughing. I, I think so. You had one very somber, like, um, shore. And then the next one was my somber shore. Yes, that, oh it my was God. good. Again, these two boats felt like different yes. worlds. And you're right. The first one, I, I wish I could think more about the flavor of somberness than the first pullover. You guys were cold and you were like, <gasps> like yelling and punching and trying to do like calisthenics to warm up your bodies. Hmm, that's weird because my high bank stop was also that remember i was like running around in circles and doing jumping jacks and i felt so but there were like four or five and there was one low one and also my my somber shore is the name of wallace stevens poem (laughs) somber shore i almost sat in poop i lost my knife spaghettios (laughs) (laughs) crispy cream Okay, so so we finished this battle. Thank God. And then we had to carry our boats up this, like, I don't know, 0.7 mile. In my head, our pack rafts felt as heavy as canoes at this point. Oh, they felt terrible. I mean, I guess we had our dry bags in there, which was they not were heavy. Nothing, but there's something about having to carry your boat after you pull it after you take out of a body of water mm-hmm. that just feels like a bridge this is far. not fucking what we're supposed to be yeah. doing with a boat. This it's is not how far. boats work. So this is a, a TA that felt a little dire where we were all very cold and very tired and we were all like, what should we do? Also, there had started being frost and stuff. However, I feel like it's worth mentioning that under different circumstances, this TA would have felt very different because the volunteers at this aid station were, awesome. were I think, all triathletes. And they had set up this dope aid station with a bunch of food and hot yeah. water and cheese quesadillas. Like, it was a very traditional, like, ultra it was aid ultra. station. It was just that because of coming out of this paddle and also, like, because of us being short-coursed, we had gotten into that TA like when a lot of the elite teams were. So yes. there wasn't there wasn't a ton of teams there. So it kind of felt like eerie and vacant. And yeah, like, it was like us and like three or four elite teams. Yeah. And the RD was there and was also starting to look dead in the eyes yeah. because no one was sleeping. No one was sleeping. <laughs> so uh, I think Annie and Laura worked on their gear and tried to warm up and eat a little bit of food. And Amanda and I came across this... This was you and Amanda's moment. When I talked in the yeah. last episode about there, there being times throughout the race that each one of us kind of shone as far as stepping up while other people just felt invalid. Yeah. We <laughs> this were, was you and Amanda. We were stoked. So we found this like basically hippie canoe livery school bus. Because this TA was another out- river outfitter. Right. Um, and we thought, oh my God, everyone's going to be out there trying to sleep on the ground or in tents. They're going to be covered in dew. This is the dopest thing ever. So we put every single window up in the bus because they were all down to try to warm it up. We started boiling some water and we moved all of everyone's gear into the bus. Fucking crazy. Four gear bins into the bus. We thought we were doing the best thing we could ever do for us. You were. We thought we were. Unfortunately, when it's 28 degrees outside, sleeping inside of buses doesn't help anything. No, what would have helped is setting up our goddamn fucking tent. No, I disagree. I think if we would have all been spooning, maybe that would have been okay. That's true. I don't know. I still preferred to be in this bus. Yeah. It's hard, but I think one of the things I need to take as truth for future expeditions is that almost always, if it is not warm enough to sleep, you should keep moving. 
Ooh, I don't think I could have made it past this. I would have lost my fucking mind. Mm. Uh, also, I've learned you put the bivy sack over your body and then the sleeping bag over that. Because if you put the bivy bag over the sleeping bag, what you end up with is a totally wet sleeping bag. It does the same thing if the bivy sack is on the inside Fuck of the sleeping bag. Fuck a bivy sack. Fuck a bivy sack. Fuck a bivy sack. Those if things anybody are- out there knows how to use a bivy sack without just getting yourself wet from your own body's dampness condensating is it a different material or is it just that bivy sacks suck and that's a pleb mistake there's no i saw all the pros using them at their own tas i don't understand uh when i i so we set up all the things we ate some food i went to sleep for probably 85 to 90 minutes in that bus i went to sleep for maybe 28 minutes yeah that's and then i started shivering so Annie got up. I, I heard a bunch of bivy rustling, which I thought was rain on top of the bus because mm. I was delirious. Yeah. So I never knew anyone got up. Yeah. I woke up. That's and good. No one was in the bus. Yeah. Annie had put together my bicycle. I guess is... I should say I'll talk about the part that happened while you were asleep. Oh, yeah. Please do. So, yeah. So I woke up after just trying to sleep for a very short while, got up around the f- and sat next to the fire pit because I was really hoping to be warm enough to go to sleep. I just couldn't. Like, even just my backside was Could just too cold. Could you not go inside the building and sleep near the toilet? Or was that? No, I heard that there I... were cl- climate-controlled environments were against the rules. Yes, something like that. But I know that. that people slept in bathrooms. Yeah, so I don't know. So I don't know why that was so okay. So I tried to sleep next to the fire pit, which was actually very cute. The volunteers were very doting, which was very nice. Did you talk to the twins? No. Maybe I don't they, think they, they were, were there overnight. They yeah. were there in the morning. But that's when I got to talk to them about like how they were how they were equipping their aid station and stuff mm. and they were joking about how like they had brought like Oreos and yeah. like legit race fuel fuel and stuff. And they were like, Next year we're just going to have a hot water station because that's, that's all anybody because that's all anybody wanted. I know, ended but I wanting. ate four quesadillas and like sixteen Oreos. I wanted what they had. <laughs> So um, at this point, I also got a chance to rib the RRD Danny a little bit about my uh, my paddle shoes because I was like, hey, my shoes are exactly where they were supposed to be. It's just that my bag wasn't at that last TA like it was supposed to be. And I'm sure I'm sure when you're planning uh, which, what is essentially your baby for months and months and months and someone complains to you about their shoes you're not like, being at the right you. spot. Fuck off. <laughs> And I was like, Danny, my shoes. <laughs> so that was a that was a fun exchange. Um, but uh, so I was up first. I was up for quite a while. Sucks. And then Laura got up a little, not even a little bit after that. It was probably 45 minutes after that. And then Amanda, actually, Laura and I were up for quite a bit longer than Amanda was. Mm. And Laura and I started working on putting the bikes together before Amanda got up because we were Damn. just like, okay, like this is the stuff that needs to get done. Also, Laura had, I think, the most, uh, had the most trouble with putting her bike together and taking it apart over this race. Yeah. Like it, it just seemed like sometimes a process just takes it from your soul uh-huh. and her bike took it from her soul that's every it time. i would not ever recommend the bike box that like the uh pat, that's also what amanda bike. used <sighs> so i think it just depends on preference or, or you just don't put the casings on every single yeah. component yeah maybe so so uh we started putting the bikes together amanda woke up we 
you know, all started putting the bikes together. And then you, you came out and like, I knew immediately. And I think I said, like, as soon as you came over, I was like, you are not behind schedule because what I wanted to communicate was that we had taken advantage of the fact that we had not been awake or that we were not able to sleep. And it was great that you slept. Like This is my only sleep of the whole race where I slept more than like more than a little tiny bit this yes. is my only good sleep so i, I was mean, good i was shivering and delusional yes but it was it was important to me to reemphasize to you because that's you have that as a thing that you're like running late or that stuff's oh, done it's my greatest nightmare and a lot of it stems from the morning after my grandmother died and we were all in a hotel and my entire family left without saying goodbye to me and i just can't recover from that moment oh yeah, yeah. that is like that's a ptsd for me yeah so uh, thank you for diffusing me. I was immediately okay. Um, but yeah, I'm super proud that I was able to get my bike and your bike done before you, and you had to do some like QA stuff. I was like, Hey, just be aware your, your handlebars are not completely angled. Right. You're... Yeah. But it was a great boon to me. I didn't feel psycho getting up. I didn't feel like I didn't feel doom or upset. I was like, okay, we're moving. It's a bummer. We didn't sleep, but here we go. I, I wasn't, I wasn't in a dark place. Uh, it was light when we started. Yes. It was like 8.30-ish in the morning when we mm-hmm. finally hit the road. We had a hard time getting out of that TA. Yeah. We had a hard time getting out of every... Every TA. <laughs> every, every TA. Yes. I'm going to do another expedition race just to do the TAs faster. Yeah. Hell yeah. Me too. Yeah. Because there was also like, it would have been one thing if we spent a shit ton of time in the TAs and slept a bunch. We just We're not going to get the sleeping thing wrong again. We're going also, I think, putting a bivy down underneath a tent to insulate yeah. the bottom of the tent and then everyone's sleeping on the floor of the tent in a spoon. Yeah, I like, guess. That would have saved just, us so I many times. I never want to be cold sleeping again, it's, like it's, ever in my whole life. It's such a pitiful despair kind yeah. of feeling that we felt later on on another night. Yeah. That like you and I just looked like the <laughs> so most pitiful. pitiful people. Pitiful. God, that was the next night. So we set out on this bike, which... I've deleted this bike. I've deleted this bike, too. Shoot. Are we sure that this upcoming bike wasn't the Lucy? No? no I'm positive. Totally, what? totally positive. Oh, I remember it. Ha Okay. This is where we finally hit some single track during the day. Amanda got Sendy. There was a photographer. Someone told oh, us we were going yes. the wrong way. So and we this, said, we're in a race. So we're this so was sorry. Hobbs. I think this yeah. was Hobbs. Uh, and we did, there was like a 4.2 mile loop. On this that was like, mm-hmm. we we were like, holy shit, I wonder what the Strava segment is on this because it's so flowy and sendy. Um, both you and Laura had fall parties. Um, nope, I fell on the back 40. Oh, Laura had a massive fall party where it looked like God threw her out of the sky with her bike. I can still see her blonde hair whipping through the air. I mean, a ridiculous fall. Very like dramatic. a smashy, smashy fall. But yeah, Hobbs State Park was stage 10. Right, so... We got to do a little bit of single track, um, which means Amanda was as happy as when she saw a dog. Uh, mm-hmm. And God, Amanda Bulli fucking loves to mountain bike. And she it's fucking so loves good. dogs. Yep. Those are the, she loves beer, mountain biking, and dogs with the truest passion of anyone's heart. Yeah. So we did the bike section, and I think this is when we started to kind of overlap some other teams again and not feel like we were all by ourselves. We did have a little bit of like, it's funny. I have a harder time. Like 
as I mentioned in the prologue, when the RD was like, you have to stay on the trail, even if it's really overgrown. Yeah. I have a hard time when we're in between stuff where it's like, yeah, you have to stay on trail, but you don't have to do the the direction of travel or like i just only, I, I know, do better when it's like either all on or all off because so. later they're like yeah of course you can go the wrong way on the trail and, and they're like really i know and i felt bad because there was like a local person that was like you you're can't. not supposed to go that way and i was like shit i'm not trying to ruin anybody's good time we didn't hurt anyone no, or their we feelings did it. we did it um so we got into this ta which we briefly missed a flag rolled back to it and then walked the bikes up to a ta this is a section Say more about the flag. oh that. we saw like a flag by the water which we found out later was like the put-in spot oh yes um and then so we walked our bikes up to the top of this hill this is a gorgeous campground where they have these steel sort of art sculpture like half domes with like a cement pad with a fireplace and they overlook this incredible view of tree, Beaver Lake. of Beaver Lake. It it really <laughs> like uh, if I could go there just to enjoy it. It's like one of the most glorious campsites yeah, I've ever it been was to. Really, it was really cool. Like because the hillside was so steep, it was which, so beautiful. Um, it was interesting because we did a lot of in and out at this TA because we came in on a bike, we uh-huh. went out on a trek, we came back on a trek, we, we went out on a, a boat paddle. down. A lot, a lot. So we got in there and we had to take bikes apart. And we're all pretty crispy by now. Yeah, because, and I think, like, it's one thing to sleep. It's one thing to not sleep. And it's quite another to try and sleep and not sleep. Like, yeah. there's something that at, lends an extra air of uh, desperation. <laughs> and we're about to hit that moment again. Yeah. Because, so, Laura had a hard time again taking her bike apart. Poor baby. Annie helped her out with that. So I rolled down to a campsite and built a fire and made myself some beans. Yes. <laughs> beans. <laughs> I love beans. So I think Amanda and you had gotten your bikes apart and we're starting to set up at the campsite because we this was another big sleep that we had planned. <sighs> and Laura just kept staring at her bike and her bike box. Mm-hmm. And she began to have like tears coming down her face because she was like, I'm so tired. And she was like, my back hurts so bad leaning over this box. It's horrible to do it. It's just like, and I understand like you hit that breaking point. Like to me, this is, this is the same flavor of me doing outrun 24 and telling my pacer, like I need to take this handheld off my hand because my hand is too hot. Like you hit this point where everything feels so hard. Mm -hmm. And when you think about, uh, what you need to get done, it's impossible to fathom oh, getting it done. I get it. And so Laura hit that breaking point, which, like, I think that was her first, like, weird moment of the race, which is bonkers. And maybe her only. Yeah. Like, and she got sleepy later, but she was fine. Yeah. And so, you know, so she was feeling her emotions because she was really tired. And I was really stoked to be able to be in the headspace that it did not take a fucking thing from me to support her and, like, you know, put help her get her bike in her bike box. And like at one point we had her whole bike box biked up and she was like, I need my light off my helmet and it's oh, in God. the bike box. Fuck. And I was like, it's fine, baby. I got it. I got it. Like you can yeah. just sit there and Seems like, impossible. yep. And just nibble on whatever food you got. Like I got you. Like, yeah. and there, I think there was, some, there was a few things that she was like, 
and I need this. And I was like, yes, of <laughs> we course. We can still do that. Can, it's totally yeah. fine. So like, you know, I think about like all the conversations we've had even on this podcast about like needing to be towed or having somebody else carry weight and just like how meaningful it is to be able to rely on your teammates and to ask for help and to just know like it's not a it's not a thing. Like that didn't take anything from me. I was honored to be able to be in a place that I could help her. We have been on some stellar teams for multiple events. This is the most symbiotic and comfortable, mm-hmm. um, all like four person. I've never been on a four person team. This is the most symbiotic and comfortable team I've ever been on. There was not a time when I felt rushed by anyone or felt bad about being sick. Yeah. Uh, or like I, I didn't feel bad that someone else was crying. Like yeah. I wasn't mad at anybody. We we operated where we just plugged in puzzle pieces where they fit constantly mm-hmm. without asking. Yeah. And like it was between all four of us, we were always a total of four whole people. Yeah. And sometimes one of us was two people. Sometimes one of us was three people. Like yeah. some of us, sometimes some of us were a negative, like a negative oh, whole person. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's. It's kind of wild how much we just filled in for what each other needed on a regular basis. It really, Aww. yeah, no, it, it really, yeah. I am extremely proud of how we operated as a team as much as I'm proud that we finished. Yeah. Um. So Laura and I came down to the campsite. I had Amanda eat- and you? Laura. Laura okay. was the first, Laura and I were the first people down on the ground. Amanda was still fussing. Okay. You, you and Amanda were looking at something. Oh, Laura yeah. And I buried ourselves in a pile. Amanda of and I had a bunch of mapping to do. Fuck. Which was like, again, I'm not really sure why I came out of the cold magic school bus TA and felt okay, but I really felt like this, uh, it felt, it felt like my kind of business brain mm-hmm. set into motion where I'm like, mm-hmm. this just has to be done. Like, yeah. Amanda and I have to map out the next two legs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, very unsuccessfully sleeping in a pile of leaves. Also, I think it's worth noting that when Amanda and I came to the campsite and you were, like, essentially zhuzhing it up and making a fire, we were like, you're a ridiculous person. Uh-huh. <laughs> in the most loving of way, we were just like, that's silly. We don't need to make a campfire. But do, but we absolutely fucking do. Foreshadow. Yeah, so I couldn't sleep on this weird ledge that I had perched myself on, so I... This is this is so fucking dumb and it makes me so mad at myself. I laid the tent out on the ground without erecting it and laid on top of it. I, I know. What's wrong with us? I said us? this on the last episode. I'll say it again. I'm just so used to thinking of mandatory gear as just being this pain in the ass shit that we have to carry. It's not something that I actually think about using. We used everything but the tent and I carried it for six days. <laughs> so uh, Annie came and laid down with me and saw that I was shivering. Yeah. I think maybe you tapped me when I was laying on the ledge. Oh, and you tried to spoon me on the ledge. We didn't fit on the ledge. Yeah. I I just felt like I was going to roll down the hill because the, the whole like... The whole bank between the TA and the water was very, very steep. Super it was steep. a very steep hillside. Uh, so the campsite was leveled off, which was it great. It was, but it was a gravel pile. Yeah. And so, it was very cold. So cold. So Annie and I were laying on top of the tent with a single bivy over us, spooning. Uh, oh, yeah. You can have my bevy. You're not, are you going to keep it? 
I mean, I was gonna sip on it a little bit. Okay, great. Then I'm just gonna pour myself some more. Yeah, pour yourself some more. I've got. I need all five of my We're beverages. I need so my much... vegan ranch, my Vaseline, my whiskey, my cider, and my water. We're drinking so much whiskey. So if wow. you, oh sorry, Annie. sorry, I was talking. <laughs> oh, I don't really intend to drink it. I'm gonna end up drinking it. So live listeners, if you have any questions, <laughs> just send them in. This is not a live list. Not a live podcast. You can't, you can't hear this right now. No, I hope not. Fudge. Okay, so Annie and I pitifully shook in the dirt, decided it wasn't cool. Yeah, shook and on the shook on the slope, shook on the on the campsite pad. You got up and built a fire, and I think eventually like came and got me. And again, it was so fucking funny to me because when we got to the campsite, Amanda, so you thought it was just so frivolous. And also, Amanda and I were making jokes about how we were gonna be there until six a.m. because we were collecting wood firewood. Mm-hmm. Guess what? collected firewood all night long to make a giant fire so amanda and laura ended up sleeping with their heads near the open fire Mm -hmm. and then you and i tried to like snuggle and couldn't sleep we didn't end up sleeping at all you and i were snuggling for like three minutes because i made the fire that they were around yeah okay yeah i slept probably 20 minutes at this ta yeah this one again this is just a common theme for this race it just took us a while to shake off that we were not going to be able to sleep again. It sucked. I don't think anyone slept at this one. No. Because Amanda talked about being in her goddamn bivy sack and not getting warm until she, like, took, even from when she was next to the fire, she didn't get warm until she took her bivy sack off of her. Oh. Because it wasn't, like, letting the heat in either. Oh, fudge. <sighs> oh, God, that sucks. If there is a bivy sack sales rep that listens well, to our podcast... Please talk to us about what the fuck we're supposed to do with these things. I think that the that the emergency blanket actually works better because that's what I ended up using at another sleep yeah. before the end of the race. Well, because it's letting the the condensation out. Right. So I would lay on it, fold it over myself, and use my helmet to pin it down on one side, yeah. and that actually worked. Yeah. I'm gonna spend a bajillion dollars to get an ultralight sleeping pa- a sleeping blanket. That's what I'm gonna get. I'm I gonna mean, get like a negative eighty degree bag. I had a 40-degree custom-made quilt. Quilt. Which has an open back if you're not using it with a yeah, sleeping pad. it does. Yeah. Uh, so that sucked, and we decided, okay, fuck it, we're going, and we headed out on the trek in the middle of the night. Yeah, and I think... Like, really, not that late. Uh, so we started out on the trek. Let me check the documents. We started out on our trek at... I don't know, like midnight? I can I can check the Amanda document of our TA leaving times. Oh, I didn't even make a mark of when we started on the trek. It was still dark. Yeah. We built a fire and we spent I don't know how long in this TA. It doesn't say. Okay, so so we started on the trek. I actually think... Oh, we stayed at this TA for five hours and 43 minutes. Yeah, because we had planned on sleeping for three hours. Right. Well, a ton of it was the bike garbage mm-hmm. getting down to the campsite and sorting ourselves out. Yeah. So I'm trying to think about when we actually left for the trek on foot. This is when... We ended up in a lot of like reentrance and switchbacks. And on the way out, we used all the switchbacks. Yes. And on the way back, we didn't. So we ended up trekking. This stage was trekking back through Hobbs, uh, which is where we had just biked through. And there's something like, as a 
This is a navigator. Mm. Calibrating for being on foot versus being on bike is weird anyways, because mm-hmm. like you definitely get a cadence in your head of like how time passes when you're on foot mm-hmm. and for how time passes or distance passes when you're on bike. Going through the same area on foot after having gone through it on bike mm-hmm. ended up being surprisingly maddening because yeah. biking out, I was like, oh, well, when we biked this part, this is about how long it took. And then doing that same part on foot and following the trail was like horrible. When we got so all the way fucking long out there and you told me we had five miles to get back, I was like, no, no. Yeah. And we had hoped to pick up like two, like somewhere between two and three pro points on this trekking leg. Did we? No, we added one pro point that I think took us three hours. Was that the one behind the hotel? Where we ended up following was that the team warrior point? that might have been the mandatory one i well, can't i don't remember so we only got three cps on this leg and it was and it was a long leg god it lasted forever so we we had a hard time aiming for this one that was in some brush behind the hotel and these usgs uh maps were so old that the hotel or the resort space whatever was not even marked on the map so mark latanzi had said later on that there had been some terraforming for like putting the building down which changed the topo of the area so trying to in the same way that it's harder to navigate when there's more trails than the map and implies rather than less it's a lot harder when there's buildings that are there that are not in the map like it just kind of throws off like where you're supposed to go so so we had aimed at it from two different directions at least and couldn't get it and then team warrior comes and uh they're look so uh, jesse spangler and mark latanzi are looking at the map and they're like well do you want to just go with us and And to quote lauren craft if santa asks you to come with him to deliver presents you you say yes (laughs) Fuck yeah, you do. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I had been stepping on my feet. I was totally losing my mind. So they were looking at the map. I look at Jesse and he sort of reaches out to me and I put my hand on his shoulder and he puts his hand on his hand on my shoulder and we look at each other and we're just like dumb with sleep. And he's like, hey. And I was like, hi. And like that's our only interaction, but it felt so meaningful to us at the time. <laughs> I also feel like the sleepiest person on everybody else's team who wasn't on map was always looking at me like, help. And I was looking at them like, help me, help me. So at this point, I was so like in my head about my nav and watching Mark do his navigation and be like, oh, that's the same thing so I fun. did mm-hmm. was very reassuring. Mm-hmm. However, I think... I think Mark would say the same thing. Me coming back up the spur that he had intended to go down fucked up his approach. Like, if I had not been there, he would have gone with his instinct and gone down the first spur that we Mm -hmm. went down. But we went, we essentially made a parallel error, and he, the team warrior, went down the spur and was like, Nope, wrong spur. We have to bounce over to the other spur, which is so funny to me because I would never make a correction like that. I would be like, oh, let's stay on top of the spur and go back up and mm-hmm. around. And they just like cut straight across. And this, so like, we followed them while they were running like a cross high school cross country team. Yep. And Jesse does this thing that we absolutely have to do, which is we have to carry a high powered handheld flashlight to use for searching, which is funny. Every time you say there's something that Jesse does that we have to do, I think sprint as hard as you can within the hundred meter distance to essentially survey the land like a drone. He really he really is like their little like their little hedgehog. He's like, go! And he's like, down the re-entrant, pop back up, flashlight the area. No, not here. 
and then he runs back down. It's and, bonkers. And when he's not doing those things, he looks at you with these like completely dead, sleepy time eyes where he's like, kill me in the face. I'm dying. And then there, and then Latanzi's like, look over at the re-entrant. He's like, I'm on it. <laughs> Although it might just be that Jesse is most content existing in a space like he's been at Bonnaroo for five days. Oh, my God. Or he's just like a bloodhound who's like, you give him a job and he's thrilled to do it. Mm-hmm. I did accuse him at the after party of looking like he had just been on a five-day acid trip. Because <laughs> he was just sun-fried and, and looked stoned. Sleepy-eyed. Yes, looked yeah. stoned. But he is a wizard. The two of them together are great. And uh. Their, the rest of their team didn't speak, which is fine, because it was late in the race yeah. and late in the day. Yeah. It was very cool to hang with them on that CP. And, like, it also kind of validates for me what I've heard Amanda say, what I've heard Abby Perkis say, which is, like, top-performing teams aren't really doing anything magical. They're just moving a little bit faster and with intention at yeah, all times. It's true. And to me, the biggest piece is that moving with intention at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So I was um, really sick during this section, right after this. It must have... So during, after that. During this, actually. During because this? I How did you manage during that? Before they arrived. Oh, okay. I was not okay. Um, yeah, and the then, night diarrhea had oh, hit you really so hard at this bad. point. This, Does anybody else out there get sleepy night diarrhea? I mean, like ultra runners. Do you get it only when it's dark? Only when it's cold? Please. Only when on foot? Only when on foot? Only when on yeah. foot. Because if I'm on the bike, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't know why this happens. So eventually we came to like that parking lot where there was an actual bathroom. Mm-hmm. I was sick in that bathroom. Oh, yeah, because you went in and out of that bathroom twice. I was sick in there for probably 20 whole minutes. I felt like someone scooped out my body. I felt like flu sick i had like a little low-grade fever i felt like completely turned inside out i was violently ill and deliriously tired this was not my hardest night the last night was my hardest night oh yeah but i luckily the last night i wasn't i cannot believe this was only our second to last night i know i was really i was unwell I cannot believe you held it together while we were with Team Warrior for a minute because it was more than it was like. Well, the adrenaline stops mm. my body from doing any other functions. So if you tell it to race, if you tell it to race, it shuts all that shit down. But if I'm just doing 28 minute miles through the woods and yeah. like clod hopping and just being like, dot, ba, dot, ba, dot, my body's like, fire sale, you're sick. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it only shuts down if there's adrenaline. So I think the Team Warrior CP was. Maybe our last one? Mm-hmm. I think so. And but we again, had to go all the way fucking back. Yeah, so this this section essentially ended up being an out and back. And this was also where the time when the sun was rising. Yeah. We're all at the top of this hill. This was maybe I think this was probably the sleepiest that I was at this whole race. So we this was when we started doing a lot of ten minute trail naps. Yes, this which is... ended up being our most effective thing for this race. I missed a lot of them because I was sick. Yeah, but we did have several that you slept too. Because we really like we would all look at each other, and I was like, I was like, I have to go to sleep right now, and yeah. we would all just sit exactly where we were standing, packs on, and just go to sleep. That is how I have poison ivy over every part of my body. Yeah, that's gonna happen if you just. Sleep wherever you are. Yeah. Um. I, this entire track section, I wore um wool smart wool pants with rain pants on top, two wool shirts, a puffy jacket, and a raincoat. I wore that the entire track section. Was it that cold? And wool gloves. Huh. You don't get cold, baby. 
I know. You had a but reg- I get cold when I stop. You had a regular amount of jackets on. Yeah, you're right. I do think I had a puffy on this section, though. I had a puffy and a raincoat over it. And I think that ended up being another reason why the 10-minute trail naps ended up being so effective for us is, like, nobody wanted to continue to sleep past 10 minutes because that's when we Frozen. started to get cold. So as the sun rose, we're looking down from this hilltop also i have to give myself some credit so there were several times during this track that i was just i was very upfront with the team that my brain was fucking bonkers you weren't the only one i know we were all bonkers and i know that we were all bonkers because i said my brain is fucked up and nobody else was like i'll navigate (laughs) it was just like that still seems like the best that we've got. Like, I really, and like, Amanda pinched hit on like supporting on this one for me to just essentially be like, these are letters, right? And she was like, these are letters. And I was like, great. So we ended this trek like, and I say end, but like kind of the last thing that required my brain engagement was to get to essentially the exit point to the transition area. And it was a 1.2 kilometer follow a dead bearing. Cause I was like, we could follow the trail, but when we followed the trail, it took for fucking ever because those trails were designed for mountain bikes, which is like flow and following the contours mm-hmm. of the land, not maximum efficiency. So we did this 1.2 kilometer bushwhack through the woods, which I cannot fucking believe oh. I stayed on that stayed on that bearing. I'm so proud of myself because be. my brain was fucking melted. Me and Amanda's feet were so swollen that neither one of us could put weight on our feet. Like she was hobbling off of her left. I was hobbling off of my right. I was poop sick. I was delirious. We were all so tired. We were pretty fucked up. And so up. we got to the end of this bush, this like straight through bushwhack and like we come up to this feature and the thing that I was shooting for is this road intersection in particular the stop sign that we had already been to so I could like see in my head where we were supposed to arrive and the sun's starting to come up. Which like, makes colors weird. Yes. And we get to we're like a hundred meters from the stop sign that we're supposed to be at. And I was like, oh, no, I can't guys. even remember which one of us said it first, but we were like, oh, no. there's a river. It's a river. There's a river between us and where we need to go. And I was like, it's a river. Fuck you guys. I'm not walking through that. And we were it's just so like, muddy. We were just fast. like, oh my God, there's a river. And it was moving so fast. And it was obviously, from the, ri- it was obviously from the rain because it was brown and moving fast and was smooth. Like, we were just like, there's was no crazy. way. We don't know what's at the bottom of that oh river. God. I'm not walking it's a, through it's it. It's a river. And then I was like, that's crazy. It's supposed to be a road. And we're getting closer. And I was like, guys, it's definitely a road. And then I was like, it's a, it's a river. river. And we all agreed it's a river. every time. Every time. Every, we're like, yeah, it's everybody, including Amanda, was yes. like, it's, it's a, a river. Is it a river? We, and we all went through, like, as we're getting closer to this, we're like, it's a river. It's a road. Oh, my God. It's a river. I know. It's a road. We're not we convincing were, people we were, to do this race. No, we were, like, 10 meters away going, it's a river. Like, we could it's have barely road. put our foot on it and been like, what is it? Like, and so we got up to it, and I don't think until we damn near touched it were we like, it's a road. <laughs> we're not convincing anyone to do an expedition race if they're physically looking at something and don't know if it's a raging river or a gravel road. <laughs> I can still see it in my head. I can too. Clearly. It looked like a, a river. raging river. Like when I think about Sheltui, the year that I tried to do the FKT and it got rained out and the river was impassable, that is exactly what this road looked like. Yeah, it's like. like the chocolate, like chocolate. It is like chocolate. <laughs> Don't chase me. The, I'm full of chocolate. The, the Willy Wonka chocolate river. Yes. yes, that's what it looked like. Yeah, and so we get on the river road and like, so I go from being like, 
fuck, I've taken us to an impassable river, or I've just done the greatest thing I've done with a melty brain. Well, so I'm flip. I'm not just flip flopping between a river or road. I'm flip flopping between I fucked this up so bad, and I've also crushed this navigation. So this. This way that we came back into the TA has my brother really confused because we're the only people that apparently did this road section to get back. Yeah. And he does not understand why we did it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He was like, nobody took the road back but you guys. What is that? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, we saw our sweet, sweet friend Morgan driving on the road. Amanda and I had just spent all week hoping for beer. Like, no one was on any of the paddles fishing. No one was camping anywhere. We were just like... Please, sir. Yeah, we were ready to Beer? hustle some bystanders. Yeah, it was shit. Friday morning, you know, at like seven or eight in the morning, and we're like, "Hi, do you have beer?" And she's like, "No, babies, I don't." <laughs> I also, like, like, that's fine. Morgan was the absolute darling of this race. Oh my god, she I love her. Brightened our lives every single time we saw her or her boyfriend Evan or Morgan's boyfriend Evan, which I, I think is funny. It's to way say better. Morgan's boyfriend. It's way better. Um, I just. Thank you, Morgan. What a sweet peach. Mm. What a sweet peach. Uh, so we get into the TA, and everybody was fussing, and I didn't want to fuss because I had nothing else to do, so I slept with my Please feet up Please tell me about almost getting in a fight. Please. <laughs> I hope that this team doesn't or does listen to this. Just assume that they are. I'm a grumpy toddler. I hadn't slept in four days, other than like maybe 90 minutes total. And some lady is walking into the TA on another team, and she goes... <gasps> Our bikes aren't here. And I was like, yeah, they are. And she's like, no, they're not. And I was like, they're here and they've been here for a long time. And she goes, no, they are not. And I was like, they're here and they've been here for like 24 hours. And she looks at me like she wants to murder me. And she goes, it's not possible that they've been here for 24 hours. And I was like, and she tried to explain why. And I was like, no, shut up. I didn't say that, but I wanted to. And so I marched back to the little camp where we're all sitting this and eating the snacks. Best part to me. <laughs> so everybody's eating snacks. I look at Annie and I was like, that woman tried to fight me. <laughs> and I was like, she did? Tell me about it. And she was like, she said that the bike boxes aren't here. And I said that they are. And I was like, everybody and... looked at me like, oh, cool, Lauren. Cool. <laughs> are you okay? And then I just put an eye mask on and went to sleep. I was fucking raging. If somebody and it's that woman's trying to start a fight with me, I, it's amazing I didn't fight with anyone on my team. Yeah, I didn't. No, you didn't. I was just like, you guys seem like you're fussing. I'm going to bed. Yeah. So I laid down with my feet up the hill and I listened to you guys talk to Andrew, reoccurring character, and and then eventually we had to get our gear ready. We made a, I made a huge mistake in not wearing a buff over my face for this next leg. Oh, because is this when you fried your face? E everyone but you apparently ripped their face off on this leg. Oh, yeah. So we carried our, again, the slope from the TA to like the trail at the, at the water's edge. Like this is a crazy slope. Like if you think about any body of water that's created by being dammed up, it's like, it's like that. Like these hills are crazy going from yeah. the ridge line down to the water. And so we had, uh, this paddle leg was unique because we were doing canoes, which I never thought I would be happy to be in a canoe after being in a pack raft because pack rafts are these delightful pool floaties. But I was very happy to be in a canoe Me because too. we were on a very windy lake. However, the part that I was not happy about having a canoe for is carrying our canoes from the TA down to the water's edge. 
felt a little nuts for the team. Oh, okay. You acted like the fucking canoe carry was no big deal, you ass clown. That's why I said it was tough for the team. I felt like I had the strength of a hundred women. I hate you. And I love you. It comes and goes for each of us. Like, I had to carry it, and it felt like it was ripping my shoulder out of my socket. And all I do is upper body strength, so fuck you. I don't know why I felt okay. Laura could have dropped it, and I would have dragged it like a a horse carrying a chariot. You and Canoes have this special, special relationship. Where everyone's like, I'm not going back across that river. And you're like, I'll paddle it by myself. Uh, I think it's because I don't know any better. So we drag our boats down to the water's edge, which was just, it was a pain in the ass. Regardless of anything else, it was a fucking pain in the ass. We get in our canoes and we start paddling across the river and the wind is bonkers. It's bonkers. And I failed to remember that the sun was going to come up. I had a little bit of zinc on my lips. I should have been completely covered for this section. Like full Annie Rodeo clown. I should have been full Annie Rodeo clown covered (laughs) up. So we tried to hit the first, um, what do you call them? CP. No, I know, but like when there's an in- the first inlet, we hit, oh, we hit yeah. the wrong inlet. Yeah, and we were there for like I don't know twenty maybe. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amanda had to tinkle. We they mashed around and looked for the tea. Uh, the I was also CP. very very tired at this point because I had missed a whole night of sleep because I had not slept mm-hmm. at the bus. I had not slept at the campsite. God, when you look at that, that's a lot of piled up activity without yep. any good sleep. Yep. Jesus. So and I was very transparent with the team. So like I slept with my chin in my hands in the canoe while Laura and Amanda looked for the oh yeah the CP and just yeah. like zoned out in the boat um so yeah Laura had a little bit of a bobble on the first uh CP and that's another thing I'd pass the navigation over to her because I was like I'm gone <laughs> I I tried to explain to some other folks why it's so hard to figure out what inlet you're headed for and what I did at a bar to show them was like I put three glasses all together And I said, imagine you're a boat level with the water looking at these three glasses and they're clearly all three different inlets. What if all the trees and all those inlets are the same color and you're staring at them dead on? It looks flat as fuck. It looks flat as fuck. You cannot. It's very, very challenging. It's way trickier to look across a bot, especially lakes are just impossible to read. Mm -hmm. It's wild. I mean, especially for me, Amanda was like, we'll just aim for those bluffs. And I was like, bluffs. And she's like, those bluffs. And I was like... Bluffs. Yeah, but that's not because you're nav skill. It's because you're you're blind. I'm, I'm blind. <laughs> Remember that time I thought a whole team was blind? No. When I thought Team Strong Boy was, I thought Team Strong Boy oh, because he, because they were he was, he was towing, towing them on two foot. people, and I was really tired. It was the you first thought they were gu- he was guiding. I them. thought he was a guided runner, and I was like. It's so nice that they have people with disabilities at this race. I love that they're so... How do they mountain bike? Oh. I literally thought they were blind. And I, like, squeezed Amanda's arm, and I was like, it's so nice they're blind. Oh, God. Okay, we're back on Beaver Lake with our beavers. Um... So we go for the first inlet. We make a bobble. I don't think... I think there were several teams that actually made bobbles mm-hmm. on the first CP. Yeah. Got the first CP. Um... This paddle also not, like, this was the least I hated paddling in a race. So we had a really hard time going across the river because the wind was so intense. But, like, we were doing, like, 15-stroke, like, we paddle power yeah, sessions. You didn't tell our, our boat to do that. And I was like, 
Amanda, we have to do what they're doing. I know I heard you just following suit after a while. So I had to, or we would lose you. Mm. You guys created so much power in your 15-stroke power surges. Yeah. We would have lost you by a half an hour. Yeah. I really, and honestly, I'd like to say that we did it in order to get a, actually move across the lake, but it was just, it was kind of just for entertainment to like stay engaged and have something mm. to do because I was just like, ah. Oh yeah. We also played weird, who's, your, who's the weirdest person you want to have sex with? Oh Yeah. So the classic example, if you find yourself wondering, like, who would be on my weird fuck list? I don't even know how to work this. The classic example is is Willem Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. Yeah. But mine is Paul Dano. Oh, yeah. Paul Dano. I like him creepy and greasy. Oh, yeah. And thin. I like, oh, man. Stringy. You like a stringy, greasy boy. I like a stringy, greasy boy. (laughs) I had a new add to my weird fuck list. I can't remember who it was, though. Yeah, you said one that I absolutely hated, and then I made fun of you and Amanda for it. I thought Amanda also had a good one. Was it like a singer in a band, maybe? I won't get this one. Yeah, okay. Uh, So we hit shore finally after paddling into the wind for maybe three hours. Yeah. It was... It was... The paddle was just short enough that it didn't feel miserable. Did the paddle feel miserable to you? No, it was annoying, but not miserable. Thank you to the race directors for having a safety boat take us through the deepest and widest part of the lake thank you thank you thank you it was nice to be ushered that way i mean because if you go down with a mile on every side of you and you can't right your boat you are going to get hypothermia Hmm. regular people will maybe i don't know uh i've watched it happen Mm. uh I think it's worth noting, too. So we got into this TA and Team Natural State came in pretty close behind us. Mm-hmm. They had uh, three women and one male on their team. And because of the way they had to divide up who was in the canoe, so you got two canoes for a team of four, they were on the lake for a very long time. And oh. the two, the boat that had two women in it, which I think was Jackie and... Mads, Mads, I'm sorry if I got your name wrong. Um, they had a very hard time. They should have they... towed them. Oh yeah, maybe because they they were just not they're not able to progress. move against the wind. Yeah, they should have and, towed like, them. I mean, when we were not doing like our 15 strokes of really intense we were paddling, ba- we were practically going backwards. I mean, and it was crazy because like sometimes the water creates illusions where it looks like you're staying still. And you have to look at the shore to mm-hmm. notice your progress. No and I progress. I was looking at the shore and I was like, none. I was like, holy shit, we're moving like six inches when we're just it paddling was casually. Bad. Yeah. Who? Oh, we also ended up there with Brenda's team, which was yeah. fun. And we were also there with Orange Lederhosen, which was fun. Yeah. This was a big event. A lot of people were here. And also yes. um, Team Natural State's family was there. Very cute. It was adorable. <laughs> and their adorable. I love it. And their dogs were there, which yeah. Amanda loved. Also, yeah, it was like good vibes by osmosis. Like you could tell that that team was stoked to see all their people. They brought us hot espresso. Yeah. In glasses. In scotch glasses, glasses? which we broke instantly. (laughs) To be fair, a photographer broke that. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Oh, do we never told the story about the photographer and you screaming your grandma's on your shoulder? (laughs) Well, for another time. (laughs) What other time? We're gonna just leave yeah, it. That's fine. So we get it. So yeah, if you want to know the dead grandma story, you'll have to come to the bar. Yep. Um oh god, I love that. Come to the bar. Um so we're at this TA and the volunteers tell us like, hey, the race has made like 
three divisions. They've made the people who did not short course and are getting all the mandatories, essentially, mostly, essentially, the pro teams. And then there's the division for the teams that got short course, which there's like. Which they're calling dropped mandatories. Yep, which is like, there was like eight teams, I think, in this division. And then there's the third division, which are people who didn't get short course, but still had to drop mandatory. So essentially like. Or they had to drop a teammate or they got transported. Yep. Yep. And so they were like, there are, I think they said there are five teams vying vying for for second second place. place. And they are separated by at most two points, but most of them are separated by one point. So we had definitely been adopting our, what's the yoga that's done to you? The movement yoga? Oh, Brima. Brima. uh, No hurry, no pause. Yes. So up to this point, we had done no hurry, no pause, but we were not, we were just, we were moving no hurry, no pause, but we weren't always pushing to move as fast as we could in the TAs. Mm-hmm. I, again, stand by the fact that we were not dicking around despite how much fucking time we spent in the TAs. But we, uh, at this point, we started to get a little... We got a little bit of a bug in our bonnet. About this was our maybe our smallest transition ever. It was an hour. Yes. An and hour and two minutes. And we, at this point, we had to put our bikes together. So considering that, especially putting our bikes together and getting out of the TA in an hour was really good. And so um, it was not like a full rolling boil, but we started to feel a little bit like, oh, this might be fun to race. We should, yeah. we should just move with... Intention. And then we got on the bikes and it was so fucking hot. It was so hot. We had so much hot and so much cold in this race. We had to take off everything. I had a ridiculous amount. I had foot warmers on because I thought it was going to be cold out. I had to take off everything. Yeah. So, and, uh, and especially since out of that TA was just like a big climb up to the road. Yeah. So, and it was one bajillion degrees. It was. So we did this section and then we ended up on some flats basically like by a creek side very like essence of arkansas yeah like and there was actually a lot of gravel riders out we saw other people riding that weren't teams which is cool we went through town but wait first my brain completely broke and i said we need to nap in the park before we got to town yeah i don't even know if that was your brain that broke because i think it was mine because i had not slept the last well thank god yours did because i got like throw up sick and felt the doom and i was like oh no way i could ever finish this race i am a, i am a meaningless morsel of existence i need to die also this is in that weird uh tentative spot between you can start to smell the barn but you need to not rely you need to not lean into the idea of being almost done too soon because at that point we still had like 14 hours of racing left yeah i mean it's like 3 or 4 p.m. and we would finish at 7 a.m. I was Oh yeah, we left we checked into the the post paddle TA at noon, which meant we almost had a full day left. Wow, shit. Okay, so we were riding, we took a ninety minute nap in a park, and in spite of it being fifty six degrees and sunny, we all froze. Like froze. God damn you bivvies. I slept probably thirty five minutes here, and that was enough to mm-hmm. reignite my will to live yeah and i think we actually started to stir about the same time like i don't think we had to have an alarm go off we, we all just kind of woke up at about the we same had planned time. for 90 minutes and we did 60 yeah so we got up we rode for a while we hit a town which was oh, so but cute. first was it first that we saw the cp at the baseball field before mcdonald's yes yes so the cp was at an active they baseball game which was 
America so, at its mostest. It was so weird. And we were like, how you guys doing? You playing well? And it was like in the dugout. And they were like, what? Also, that must have been so fucking weird. <laughs> so surreal for four dirty women to come out of nowhere and touch your baseball game. <laughs> God, gross. Uh, so, it was a, and it was a very populous baseball game man, and area. I mean, like, a church a church festival was happening, which we... I, so, uh, when we did Pitchell years and years ago, we uh, were coming mm-hmm. up Mount Mitchell, and there was people that were just nicely camping out in hammocks, and we definitely thought it was a celebration party for us finishing Pitchell. There was a church that had a festival going, and I definitely was like, this is for this, Expedition yeah. Ozarks. When, it was not. When you're desperate and you're in an ultra-endurance event... <laughs> you want to know that people are celebrating you? <laughs> and you want to give yourself presents. Luckily, a present was coming in the oh. form of a McDonald's. Oh. Oh, man. And by then, my sunburn and windburn were in full effect, and so we were all bright red but, but you... I think maybe you were red in the cheeks, but like Laura and I, our faces melted off during the paddle. So we Laura looked like Pepe the Pepe the prawn, the Muppet (laughs) had like the wisps around her head and like giant eyes and just red cheeks. Pepe. Okay. Uh, So we got like $90 worth of food. It was so good. And we ate so much fucking food in like four minutes. This revived my will. I felt better in my stomach for five whole hours after this. Mm -hmm. And I dumped French fries into my front bag. And then I also later ate Laura's fry bag because she thought it was gross. They were cold. And I was like, you dummy, give me the cold (laughs) fries. Um, So we left there, tummies full, sun about to set. And we rode past a residential area. And there was a family sitting on top of their bikes at the end of their driveway, ringing a cowbell, screaming, go barf barf. And oh no, we full, we almost oatmealed the situation. We're like, we are doing good. It was so fucking cool. I felt like we were in the goddamn Tour de France. Whoever you were at the end of your driveway, you fueled my will to live for so long. You essentially uh, made us finish that race. Yeah, I, it really took me to a new place. Yeah, and if you if you were that family, I would love to know, were you out there cheering for every team? Did you know about Burf Barf before the race? It just... it. Gave us so much. It gave us so much. So, between French fries and cowbell, we embarked on a journey where we attempted to start some of the back 40, but first, we made a boo-boo, and we rode into Missouri. Oh, that was while on the back 40. We, we were. That's because I'm confusing it with my birthday parking lot. Yeah. So, we did some of the back 40, which apparently... No one expected us to do. Yeah, the RD talked about after the race that like one of his happiest things was seeing teams go for the pro points on this. He said burf barf. Yeah, on this leg, um, which we had. I mean, we I always was, planned to do yeah, it. I would say one of the highlights for us on this race was that we were going to do the back forty because we had done that for Lauren's fortieth birthday last year, mm-hmm. and. It was really weird to come to the same parking lot that we had started a a recreational bike ride a year before and like swung on the swing and just was like a time of complete joy. It was so surreal to come to the same parking lot in the middle of the night at the end of a five day race. It was our last night. We also tweaked out some other people who saw our stickers on the trail and were like, when did you guys put that out there? And we were like, (laughs) last year. And yeah, like, that's some what? psychological warfare. Yeah, that was fucked up. <laughs> so once we hit the birthday parking lot, 
we and did- a lot of this a lot of this nav wise i was trying to because the trails were just taking us a long time cut out I was trying to keep road. us on the road if it was possible that the trail and the road intersected so in the end we ended up coming down this road that led us into missouri and this total tweaker in a dirty ass truck with the window rolled all the way open said blah, 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 blah. and i said I'm sorry, sir, I didn't hear you. And he said, blah, 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 blah. and I said, sorry, sir, still didn't hear you. And the third time he said, get the fuck off my road. And then all of our hearts kind of dropped. Yeah. And then his girlfriend said, you better get out of here. We got dogs. <laughs> it's so fucking wild to me. So this is, so we took a road instead of the trail out of the P Ridge parking lot at the north side of the back 40 trail system. This is not, this is not the most remote place. And within, I think, I think Amanda said it was 5K from that parking lot. We were in fucking backwoods, Missouri, where someone was yelling fuck at us. Yeah. So we ended up going further up that road. Talked we to some way folks who were uh, <laughs> unloading their car from Walmart on a Friday night. And they were like, y'all have guns? You need guns. And I was like. We're not talking to you about this anymore. Also, my opening question at first was, how do we get back to blah, blah, blah road? And then I was like, actually, a good question before that is, are we in Arkansas or Missouri? And they said, you're in Missouri. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. That is a very cool thing for me to hear. And then his wife is like, oh, Daryl, tell him about the bear cave. And I was like, no, you may not. We're leaving. So we just turned around and went back the way we came and essentially held our breath as we went by the house where the guy had yelled at us to get we the fuck off his road. at 20 miles an hour yep. past his house. And again, we were back to the P Ridge parking lot relatively soon because it was just a couple kilometers, which is still fucking bonkers to me. And we managed to like keep it together and continued going on the back 40 trail system and picked up our additional CPs. We, uh, one of the CPs in particular, actually, I think two of them were in places we'd had been less Mm -hmm. than a year before, which Mm -hmm. again was really weird and lovely to kind of marry being in these spots for recreational fun reasons. And then being there again on this grindy experience, like, I don't know, it kind of felt like a movie montage of like, going back to your old yeah, like this high school life. haunts or something um this is also where you guys were mapping and i turned to laura and i was like laura what do you need and she goes my face is dry <laughs> and i was like do you want me to grease it up and she was like yeah so i took just a handful of vaseline and i wiped it all <laughs> over her face and i was like now do me and she put vaseline on my face and i was like we have greased gremlins and we are ready to ride. And both of us were like nutball sandwich tired, just making no sense. And we were just two <laughs> shiny, sleepless gremlins. I'm so glad that you retold this after the race because I did not experience this during the race at all. Grease the gremlin. And grease the gremlin is probably my favorite thing. Of- the gremlin has been greased. <laughs> the gremlin must be greased. <laughs> so this is also where I begged for a seven minute nap that no one else wanted to take. On the oh, end yes. of the back 40. At the end of the back 40 because you, yeah, you are just pooping. Yeah, your, or brain, something. Was, I don't your know. brain was broke. I wasn't okay. Oh, and then it just got worse. So we finished this bike leg and we came into a cold, frosty, misty, uninhabited TA with one person who was like, hey. There was actually two people. One oh, yeah. person was in the car. One and person was, was kind of out. Yeah. Yes. So we used the warm potties, which we found out that Brazil slept in because they arrived before anyone was at the TA. 
and uh, we prepared ourselves to bumble around looking for something we didn't find for Ooh, a long time. This was a so the trek at Hobbs State Park and the trek out of T A eleven thirteen thirteen thirteen. This was the meltiest my brain was. And so no one was okay. I always joke that the hardest thing to do is get out of the parking lot and navigating out of a TA is also the same. Like I really like was in the TA like which way are we supposed to go out of here? The the race volunteer had made a recommendation about how to get to the cave Wrong. that was on the stage and Nothing in my brain worked, and I legitimately, I made a joke, but was not joking at all. I was like, hey, if you see us leaving a different way than every other team did, please tell me. And according to my brother, Adventure Race expert now, we're the only ones who went to a residential Uh, neighborhood. Yeah, so there was, uh, the exciting thing on the stage is that there was a cave and rappelling. Unfortunately, it took us... Forever in my head, it was three, eight hours. Three hours. It was not eight hours. But before we went out on the trek leg, I had sick sickness oh. again. So I went out into the woods to poop, and I was like, <laughs> I put my hands down on the ground. I was like, please don't be poison ivy. And I was fully like bonkers tired. Yeah. And I turned my headlamp on, and I looked down, and I go, it is poison ivy. And I had more delusional like auditory hallucinations than we all had more auditory hallucinations almost than no visual. visual and i just after i said oh i put my hands on my butt and poison ivy i heard a person who wasn't there from the woods go oh <laughs> and i was like thank you hallucination i appreciate <laughs> it is a shame i appreciate you so we headed out on this trek leg on foot on the road going up and down these massive winding it residential took, roads. It took for fucking ever. And it was also disheartening because we had originally planned, because this was a very short trekking leg. It Let's see. Yeah, it was a three-mile trekking leg. Fuck and it me. was not supposed to be that long. And we just ended up trying to approach this cave every fucking which way. And it just it felt like a MC was, Escher nightmare. It, it was like a Charlie Kaufman nightmare. You just kept walking and you'd end up in a place where you were before. And I'd be like, Annie, you're in someone's yard. I know. Stop. I know. And we're like, we're in someone's driveway. Yeah. And, and like, we're like, this feels right. I know. And we were navigating and at one, this was, we had another, like, I must go to sleep now nap at this point. And while I was sleeping, Amanda took the map from me because I just like passed out of sleep. And so then Amanda gave a stab at navigating. Because remember, she was navigating when she, we were trying to follow the reflectors mm-hmm. and like, oh. Also, this is a point at which point, like, things like, there's a lot of lights in that person's backyard. That must be where we're going and starts to make two, sense. two of the ten times, we were right. Yeah. Amanda was right about the reflectors. It would have taken us to the top of the cave. So we fucked about until we looped back into the park area. We ended up, Matt, we ended up seeing Team Fit, Fit Food. Yeah, and so we, we kind of, like, scrapped the whole most efficient distance wise approach and we ended up just following a trail into where we were supposed to go and it was like near a fish hatchery it was very surreal this was another time when i saw the dark-haired woman from fit food also reached out to me as the only person who wasn't mapping and be like help and i was like help me and we like exchanged a little bite of food and we're like I see you. Are you okay? I'm not okay. It 
it's worth noting Fit Food was another one of the teams that we leapfrogged throughout the whole race, and they were a four-person team that none of them had adventure raced before. They murdered They did it. awesome. I'm so impressed so with So they were coming down from the rappel, and we were like, great, we're going into the rappel. And they were like, honeys, you guys cannot go this way because this is the way that is the bottom of the cliff. You have to go around. And we were Fuck. like, at least we're kind of in the same neck of the woods. So we essentially did a big U around a spur in order to get to where the cave was and the rappel. So as we're, as we're going to get into the cave that the checkpoint is in the back of, we see team adventure enablers, which is the only other all female team in this race. And I have to admit, I was, I was excited to see them because we had not seen them. I think since, birds at mm-hmm. TA4 when we so had the days. weather hold it had been days and it just kind of felt exciting so like on the one hand it's like all women teams should be competing together against everyone else mm-hmm. and on the other hand we're the only two all female teams like we're going to compete against each other mm-hmm. if we can compete against each other and from the outside perspective of people listening to podcasts constantly and dot watching my brother said how fucking wild was it when you entered the cave and you guys saw adventure enablers? And I'm like, how did you know that? And he's like, dots. Yeah. And he was like, that was so dramatic. And yeah. I was like, I was asleep. <laughs> so I would love to play it cool, but I was definitely like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, no. Once it set in, I also was like, fuck. So to add to the layers of that, we're all fucking bonkers with sleep deprivation we go into this cave which is the weirdest thing i cannot express how fucking surrealist nightmare this cave is we go in probably 0.25 miles deep into this cave with multiple caverns also the entrance is really wild it looks like a fucking sewer lid Mm -hmm. with like a, a like when you see the foundation of a house from yes, like 50 exactly years that. ago. Exactly that, that. You would never know what was down no, there. No, but what's in there is a nightmare. <laughs> it's a 78 degrees hot steamy cave. And there is a stone restaurant bar and like what looks like a like a place you might host a wedding at the depth of the cave. Which apparently in the 20s was a speakeasy during the Prohibition era. And Alice in Wonderland. An Alice in Wonderland themed restaurant and speakeasy and also a place where they held secret council meetings. Uh, You guys, I cannot express like if the inside of my brain during sleep deprivation was put on the outside of my body, it would be this cave. It felt like a projection of my psyche. Same. And it was like all of these like booths and stone that were created white that were created from the stone of the cave it was fucking weird. I can't explain. It was borderline terrifying. Yeah, it was just, and it was so surreal that I think it kept it from feeling really scary. But like, we just kept remarking how fucking weird it was because it wasn't just the way that it looked. It was like the whole scenario, the, timing, the temperature, the temperature, the fact that it was so steamy warm. Although we were making jokes about how we were going to have the most luminescent skin of anyone. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We like, we should live so down open. here. Our skin will be luminescent. So from there, we headed to the rappel section, which is across the street from the cave. And I was really lucky that it was both nighttime and that I was deliriously tired because on any other day of my life, this is an exercise that I would reject. So three things. You hate falling out of the boat into the water for fear of hypothermia. Mm -hmm. You did that. Yeah. 
Second thing, you hate paddling in the nighttime and hate not it. being able to see it. Hate it. You done did that. Did that. Third, you fucking hate heights. I hate heights. Hate heights. There was a fourth thing that I didn't have to do during this race. I hate to walk across mossy logs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't do that. Yeah. So we hit the rappel. Were you the first to go down? No, Laura was the first to go down. You were flirting with the the... The climbing guides mm, people. Mm. <laughs> All so cute. So cute. Every single one of them. Hey, climbing guides that help hey, during expedition hey, Ozarks. Cool little stick and pokes. Reach you, out. You guys want to say hi to us? We want to hang They out. were really delightful. It was really strange to make contact. You were flirting with them too. Oh yeah, me too. For sure. Um, it was weird to talk to non-race volunteers because we'd been kind of isolated from non-race people. Even going to McDonald's and stuff, somehow it felt like they I mean, were they in the weren't know. there. Yeah, they just seemed like, you know, sane and in their bodies and brains. Flirting with people a hundred hours into a race is as dumb as saying I'm horny I'm in a so cold boat. Horny. It's the dumbest thing. I also like totally saw that as a coping mechanism for you to distract from repelling. Oh, it was. Yeah. I needed to talk to people and they were willing to talk to me at high speeds. And they told me about somebody on Team Strong Boy that apparently was like so terrified that she was screaming, crying and she got over the edge and she goes, what's the name of the guy in Belay? And they're like, it's Bo. And she got over the edge. She could see Bo and she goes, fuck you, Bo. <laughs> and they, the climbing experts ended up laughing about that all day, which I fucking love. It's really good. Um, so we, Laura does the repel first. I do the repel second. I'll be, I will be honest. Uh, heights sometimes get to me. I get vertigo that makes my butthole tingle. <laughs> and I mean that quite literally. Uh -huh. Or like, it's the same feeling I get with Arbor when she's close to edges. Like I want to yeah. snatch the back of uh -huh. her shirt. Oh yeah. And so I was kind of waiting for that to kick in. I am also glad that it was dark because it was not an insignificant repel down. It was pretty big. Yeah. Um, it, it kept going and going and going. It was and going. very, very cool. You went next. you didn't I make a fuss in any way. Stay awake just to hear you breathe. Yep. Amanda sang to you, I think, serenaded you while you were on your way down. Oh, a and then bit. Amanda fell into a tree um, on the poor Amanda. Amanda, like, yeah, Amanda definitely got stuck in like a tree Some growing brush. out of the yeah. side of the rock. Whoops. And we were like, oh, like, Amanda's not a pro at every single thing. I would have never imagined that. Yeah. She actually, maybe, I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will say that this is not what happened, but she seemed a little nervous. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe she hasn't done it before. Amanda, have you repelled down a cliffside before? Probably. I don't know. But anyway, I was thrilled with the outcome of so this. So they get down to the bottom of the rappel, and Laura and I are kind of like, yeah, let's go. I, not that intense, but we had just seen adventure enablers. This is waiting. when you guys jogged. I know you say that we jogged. I don't remember jogging, but we were like, okay, we know the way that we have to go back to the TA, which turns out we didn't. We still had a melty brain and ended up doing like a U back to the cave, but whatever. Um, so we continue on and get back to the TA that is uh, dark and impossible to get out of. Um, and we're, we're just, we're continuing to move along at a good clip. This, I, is, this is where I lost my mind. This is where you lost your mind. This is the moment when I lost my mind. Yeah, that makes sense because we've now moved on to our last stage. This uh, was the beginning of our last stage. No, no, no. Not to the bike yet. Before we got to the bikes, I lost my entire fucking mind. Oh, okay. Uh, you guys were mapping out of the cave area and I uh, was falling asleep and I looked over at you guys and I was so tired, I completely didn't know who you were. 
And I saw all three of you with your headlamps on some papers. And I thought, this is what my brain told me. The entire week was a ruse to get me to this moment where you guys would be like, we did it. We made her go insane. And that's what we only intended to do this entire time. And now she's insane. And now we will take her where she has to go. And you guys were like conferring upon taking me away, which is why I laid down in a fetal position on the trail. Because I thought you might turn around and not see me. You are narcissistic. (laughs) But then when I was walking... I had full depersonalization where not just like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but like, I don't know that I'm a woman. I don't know that I'm 40. I don't know that I'm in an adventure race. I don't know what clothes these are. I don't know anything about reality. I'm just consciousness looking out of a breathing body. And that's all I've got. It's the most scary. Like it fundamentally changed me in the way that doing DMT changed me or like doing a huge dose of acid changed me. Thank you for joining the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, and as a woman at the Meteor Cafe, Rebecca, hi, Rebecca, would say later, uh, that's psychosis. Yeah, she did tell me that. She goes, that's psychosis. I was in full psychosis. So we go back. I don't think to- I realized it was on the trek, se- the end yeah. of that trek section. I can't believe you guys didn't realize I wasn't there. No, because again, we were not entirely with it either okay good that's why it just seems like this is one of those moments where i feel like why aren't you guys suffering as hard as me are okay yeah 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 so we make it back to that miserably empty ta also very cold it's a very fucking ta so much so that the two volunteers working that ta are taking rotations out of being in the car in the heat and only stepping out when they have to Poor babies oh the poor the volunteers in this race should be uh, showered with flowers, gifts, and money because mm-hmm. I think there was eight people that volunteered and covered this entire I know, race. And they just got shipped from TA to TA. Crazy. So we headed out on our final uh, leg 15 bike leg, which was supposed to be about eight miles and with a few CP. How many CPs in the final leg? Actually, I will look like five, because I think it's worth three noting. to five. So there were, there was only one mandatory CP, which was the finish. And three pro points. Which we got all three of. So we, so Amanda already, when we set out for this leg, because we had finished the trek from the cave being like, ooh, it's exciting we saw adventure enablers. Isn't it? It is. And then we got to the bike leg. Amanda loves biking and is a bloodthirsty monster. (laughs) Amanda, like, definitely went into race mode um while being very thoughtful of the rest of the team she's not an asshole no she's a monster not an asshole true um so we start out on the last bike leg and we're riding the greenway so it's just a big paved paved path because essentially we're going to take the greenway back from the cave area all the way back to bentonville with a few detours to get the pro points uh within the trail system which i cannot believe that i'm forgetting the name of the trail system right now but uh, yeah, there was one that sounds like a super slaughter pen. The slaughter and there's pen. like a superhero name, and there's like an all all American. Oh yeah, so there's yeah. Um, so we uh, are going down the green belt and greenway, greenway, and we're not pace lining, but we're we're not fucking around. We eventually got there. I was still riding <laughs> off trail because I was asleep. Yeah, you went off the paved path because you fell asleep four times. So we get the first pro CP, which was in within the slaughter pen system. It's Medusa's Curve, which uh, is one of the names of the trails. Um, we 
go up our re-entrant and boop the CP. We go to get the second of three CP, pro, second of three pro CPs. Up the bush push? Up the bush push. We see adventure enablers at that point because- And then we all wigged out. And then we all kind of go, well, we see them, we get that second CP, and I'm worried that I've, like, tipped Amanda off on this, like, hey, you should race now, yeah. while not considering Lauren and Amanda's feelings. And so it was at this point that it was like, hey, guys, like, how much do we want to push to try and catch adventure enablers? And I pushed back initially, and then I just said, let's fucking go. So, like, it was really fucking funny to me because I put that question to Laura, and she was like, well, I definitely care, but I don't know about the rest of the team. And I was like, okay, just to be clear, so you're saying you are in, you want to catch them. And she was like, well, yeah. And then Lauren, like, despite having, like, being fearful that her body was just going to shut down on her and being dissociative, you were also like, I definitely want to catch them. And I was like, oh, cool. We're all on the same page. So we had a bike race in the last half an hour of a five and a half day race. So we are going from the second to last CP after we had seen Adventure Enablers and the last checkpoint of the whole race is this love sculpture. So, like, if you've been to, I think Chicago has one. There's several all over the world. It's, like, L-O stacked on top of a V-E with the O, like, tilted to the side. And they have one at uh, Crystal Bridges Art Museum in Bentonville. And I remembered having seen the sculpture because I've gone to Bentonville uh, with Arbor and her dad, Andy, at one point. We... Um, and Amanda is, Amanda goes, describe it to me. She was like, (laughs) she was like, okay, in your memory, like walk me through. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure I know where this is. I haven't even like consulted the maps. I'm I'm just going awake now. Cause I'm like, we have to fucking bike race. It's bonkers. And I'm listening to you guys talk. And when she says, describe it to me, I'm like, oh, this is exciting. This is like like scully and Mulder, i was like it was what are you guys sorting out here i'm i'm online i'm listening it was crazy to me so amanda was like walk me through exactly how we're gonna approach it so also at the same point we are we are pedaling as hard as we can we're freak out and so racing. i almost like okay so crystal art like crystal bridges art museum like oh there's God, gonna be a I big rode down the stairs yes i was like there's this big geometric uh circle uh sculpture and then there's like a main floor of sculptures at this outdoor sculpture garden and i was like if we approach it from this side then we should go on the right side of the big geometric sculpture i was like and if that we can't get to it from that side then we're going to be going over a metal grade like i was going through in in really precise detail the construction really fucked up the CP. Yes, but the fact that I was listening through all these details while being fucked up, tired, again, thank you, brain, for pulling yeah. through. Good job. So we come up to the art museum, they have construction on the whole one side of the art museum, and I was like, that's fine, that means we have to go past it on the green belt and either hit the metal-graded uh, bridge, or if there might be an opportunity to go down sooner, and there was an opportunity to go down sooner, which was like stone stairs, which... Three of you guys, I think, did you walk your bike down? No, okay. none of it. So Amanda walked her bike down. I rode I no, rode Amanda the stairs down. Not. Was Amanda by you? Amanda was in front of me. Okay, Laura was in front of me. Laura walked her bike down. I fucking rode the stairs, which was maybe not the wisest decision, but I did it. I can't believe I rode those stairs. And I love that because it was like, ride them. Ride them carefully. Yeah, just, you know, be like, yes, Bentonville, that sign was yeah. great. So we punched the love CP. Um... We had passed Adventure Enablers shortly before that. We totally got ahead of them because of my memory of where the love sculpture was. We haul ass out of there. Uh, 
and we come up to the finish line still riding as hard as we can and uh based on time only later changed by time bonuses and penalties come across the finish line four minutes ahead of adventure enablers we push that last bit so hard it it doesn't matter like where we came in comparison to adventure enablers because i was so fucking stoked about how well we turned it on in those last minutes yeah it was bonkers for some reason if you race with annie no matter where you go and i hate it it's no matter purpose you're not if you're chasing a cutoff or if you add add, like end up facing the only other women's team you're gonna come to a part in a very long race where you're gonna have to rip your own fucking tits off i hate i hate it it's never on purpose like did i do that to you at the end of this race i'm not mad at you i'm stating a fact if you go with annie there will be a reason you will have to rip your own tits off of your body. You admitted to maybe being a narcissist early, and that's why you can't remember anything. I think that's I end not up... actually. No, wait. I can't remember things. I know, but I think the reason why I end up pushing towards the end of a race is because I'm a procrastinator. Oh, you are a procrastinator, but I don't think I'm an actual narcissist. <laughs> oh, no. your laugh would indicate that you think that I am. No, but I think that's like a maybe a craft family trait to a small degree. Yeah, that's the context in which you I mentioned mean, it. Uh, high drama is like yeah. <laughs> high drama. Yes, I know. I know. But yes, I'm a significant procrast- procrastinator, and like I'm always saving some in the bank during a race because I'm always afraid I'm going to get to the end of the race. And actually, the same feeling you had that your body's just going to shut down, and you're going to have nothing left. So I'm always saving some in the bank. And when I get in that final home stretch, I'm like, "Fuck! I can finally not save any in the bank." I think that's what happens. Barf. So. We had some breakfast burritos, beer, and champagne. We celebrated. We finished Expedition Ozarks. I'm very proud of us. I'm very proud of us. And I didn't hate it. It was very hard, and I didn't hate it. And I would Mm. do it again. What the fuck is wrong with me? What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know. So Mark with Adventure Enablers, uh, who did the live tracking for the race and a few other race volunteers, along with... I don't even know your name, sir, but the curly-haired gentleman that was often wearing pit viper glasses, who oh. was the fucking king of Stoke. Oh, what? Whatever, whoever who you're. Who are spo- you? Whoever you're sponsored by, we want to be sponsored by it too. I just, you had the most Stoke the whole race. Just a mouthful of teeth, a head full of curly a hair, sunburn, <laughs> just like tw- tweaker. He was so like, fun. He was like, eat this pizza, take this bottle of champagne. Just and the lady was like, "Do you want to take your gear?" I was like, "That's not our gear." And he's like, "Cool." He made me feel like we had just finished a five day race. Yeah, fuck yeah. Also, we've reached out to Pit Viper to sponsor us, and they said, "Here's a twenty percent off code," (laughs) because it would be tight. Pit Viper, please sponsor us. We have boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. But yeah, we finished Expedition Ozarks. Unreal. It wilds me to think about the first night and feeling like the math of this doesn't add up uh-huh. to finishing a five-day race. I feel pretty competent and happy. I continue to feel like this is one of the hardest and one of the simplest things I've ever done. I agree. It's a weird thing. <sighs> yeah. We're not going to do all the post-race stuff because this has been a particularly long episode, but yeah. I will say that I was left with the feeling while driving another U-Haul home while Annie slept and I listened to my saddest and best music and sobbing my eyes out that I felt both totally full and totally empty. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to like speed wrap post race stuff in like four minutes. So we finish the race. Amanda and Laura fly home. Lauren and I stay and deal with the gear in Bentonville. We we get our gear from the hotel to our Airbnb. Thank you, Andrew. Mm. Thank you, Andrew. Very kind. And we <laughs> we're still trying to we're still trying to figure out what's going on with the van. Call the <laughs> call the van for dealership uh, service department. They just don't answer. We can't get a hold of the technician. We just finally decide that we're gonna stay in Bentonville for two nights, Sunday night and Monday night, as planned. We end up getting a U-Haul home to carry all of our gear. We go to the Meteor Bike Social Ride, which ends up not being a ride at all, which is fucking dope. We ended up batiking hankies, <laughs> which couldn't be more perfect. And just hanging out, drinking at the Meteor on Monday night after finishing a five-day race. Chef's kiss. We, again, the tension that you might have heard in the last race was was real. We had a really hard time before this race. And after this race, we just really got to lean into the juiciness of our accomplishment while still being bonkers tired and spontaneously falling asleep. Mm-hmm. You're my best friend and I love you. You're my best friend and I love you. We're we did an amazing thing that not amazing. everyone can do. A fucking day, man. Um, we also drank half a bottle of caramel turtle whiskey, so this podcast <laughs> makes less sense as we go on. <laughs> um, I want to give another shout out. Um, I know we're not doing individual call outs on the podcast, um, but for those of you who did one time donations, and I might get I might get teary about this, um, those of you who did one time donations because part of our shit got stolen and we had to rent an additional u-haul to get home thank you so much for your support you helped us get home um and being able to use that money to get a u-haul to get our shit home and lauren and i and laura and amanda too not having to figure out a way to pay for that out of our own pockets was a really big fucking deal so I appreciate you guys stepping up when none of you had to do anything and the support was really significant. Um, I will say like my van is still in Missouri and with a $7,000 bill to get the transmission replaced. Um, and every little bit counts. It was, it really created an entirely different atmosphere for post race than if we would have had to pay for the money to get a U-Haul on our own. So thank you very much for helping us get home and also for allowing us two days to relax Mm -hmm. and to take a breather because it could have been a lot more than it was. Also, uh, just very last minute, thank you. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to try so hard not to cry. Why would you try not to cry? I might as well cry. Uh, Thank you to my brother, Ted Craft, who just really invested big time in this race and followed us at every step and my phone call debrief with him after my short nap in the hotel on saturday afternoon had me crying like i am now uh he just really like sometimes you need a witness to your suffering to have it have meaning and ted and aaron really like were there for me when I didn't know they were even watching and it just means the world to me when people care about the things that we do and uh, they have a newfound zeal and interest in an orienteering and adventure racing and I hope that they can find uh, an entry point to this community. It's not hard. The only thing that you need is desire and time uh, and I just wanted to say I love you guys. 
I also want to give a shout out to, I'll say, the OG adventure racers for being such great ushers into the sport. So after the conclusion of the race, we got to hang out with a few notable people, notable people, um, not including but not limited to Mark Latanzi, mm-hmm. Jesse Spangler, who I would consider to be not an OG, but middle G, maybe? Middle Jesse, G. you tell us which one you are. Yeah. Um, Mary Chandler, who is the... Mary Chandler. Oh, Jesus. I, wanna, I worship at the altar of Mary Chandler. <laughs> Holy shit. It was just really fucking great to hang mm-hmm. out and like um, adventure racing and adventure racers are a very welcoming sport. And mm-hmm. I do not feel like we are, I do not feel a sense of otherness or outsiders. Mm-hmm. Like adventure racers want more adventure racers. They absolutely do. You can feel that. So, yeah. well, we're proud of ourselves and we're stoked that you're listening. Thanks for being uh, a part of this and the beginning and middle and end of this journey. It's been a lot for us. Any questions, comments, additional things you want to talk us to talk about it uh, for Expedition Ozarks, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and as always, thank you for your support. Until next time. We are. Burf, burf, barf. barf.